Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 127 of Beer Another Shit the Podcast Adjunct Series. We are back, as you can tell if you are watching as opposed to listening. We're back in Canada after five weeks in America. We were only able to do, I think, two podcasts during that time. Things got kind of hectic. Um, I kind of want to do a pod with Tiff and talk about everything we discovered there because it was a very, very fun trip back on the exploring vibe that I hadn't done for like three years since like pre-2020. Like, um, so it was, it was really, really good. The weather was exceptional. It was just glorious. And now uh, today specifically, we're recording this. Hamilton turned it on. It was just phenomenal. So I'm feeling like I'm back in Miami right now. So we have a phenomenal episode tonight, guys. I'm very, very excited for this one. But of course, as always, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Manscaped. So guys, of course, it is still spring for another month, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BAOS and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. You know the vibes. So, beards. It's beard season, right? It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out like it did today, which means you'll have to show your face in daylight again proudly. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you've got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Uh, the kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, which is this bad boy here, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel. I don't know why I picked that up. Uh, that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of add-ons. Look at this glorious thing in this case look at this case rock solid mate beautiful look at it the um it comes with the titanium coated t-blades under here that are tough on hair and smooth on your face leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time the beard hedger is a high-tech piece of art art people in travel size package with a long lasting battery universal charging and a strong ass motor now the kit has the liquid goods to make you feel good starting with the beard shampoo and conditioner why am i shaking that at you uh that you can't treat your beard like you treat your pubes. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Those are all the same, but it's not. It's not. That's why the kit has a special shampoo and conditioner. Look at that right there for you. Uh, specially designed to moisturize, reducing grown hairs, and replenish your beard's natural oils and promote beard health, of course. Now, the kit also has Manscaped beard oil, which is uh, my fave right here. The nutrient infused oil relieves dryness on both the beard and the skin beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look. Cap it off with the beard balm. Mate, beard balm is uh, underrated. A pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus from my hometown, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. Not to mention the Beard Hedger Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts. This one's my other fave too. A beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. This is the brush little shoe thing, and I always like to give it a little little once over before the pod you know the vibes so guys you know you know what to do you gotta save 20 percent off and get free shipping with the code baos at manscape.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code baos focus on the face and use the beard hedge pro kit for the cleanest look in the game so this pod is uh gonna be super fun so i'm just gonna get right into it guys i was about to explain it but i think it's just easy if we just bring everyone in so guys please welcome nathan from nathan does beer and jennifer from beard town in the building <laughs> wonderful people how you both doing 
Oh, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here and uh, just drink a lot of IPAs tonight. <laughs> Ooh, it's going to be a good one. So first of all, uh, ready Nate, for it. Nate, ready, Nate. Lovely to see your beautiful face again. It's been uh, been a minute, and um, it has been a minute. Yeah, it's good to uh, good to have you back on um, on this side of the border, so we can uh, like get back to have, uh, like get back to having the co-hosted pod vibes. Oh yes, I'm uh, I'm stoked for all this. There's a lot of work coming. And Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been this is gonna be a super interesting one, and I'm gonna let you explain everything. But you have curated a fantastic lineup of beers tonight from two phenomenal Ontario breweries. So I'm gonna let you talk about the first one whilst we whip that bad boy out. Yeah, a hundred percent. So uh, we're going to be enjoying um, some collaboration brews tonight that we did between Beer Town and these two fantastic breweries, uh, Third Moon and Sawdust. Um, but kind of in order to complete the story, we're going to start off with the OG. So we'll be starting off uh, with Lone Pine, uh, which is a very famous West Coast IPA from Ontario, Sada City Brewery up in uh, Ravenhurst, Ontario. Um, classic. Such then, a good choice. Yeah, such a classic. I have so much to say about Lone Pine. We've been uh, pouring it at Beer Town for like at least eight years. Um, so it's one of wow. our flagship IPAs there. Um, and then we'll be following it up with uh, Third Moon's flagship IPA, which is just a hazy New England style IPA. Um, and then our claps. So yeah, Love we're going to start off with Lone Pine. I'm going to pour myself one as well. Yes. This is uh, one of Nate and I have, uh, we actually did an episode last year. Actually, it might have even been this year. Nate, you can correct me. Um, about West Coast IPAs. And we just picked the style because it's something that we've been both very passionate about. And um, this was one of the beers that we had on that. And this is just, you know, one of the beers that both of us got into like a decade plus ago here in Ontario. That kind of, uh, you know, was a big part of our personal craft beer journeys as well. So it's very exciting to to drink this anytime because I always feel like flagships sometimes get a little overlooked, you know, and they don't deserve to be so, you know, they need to be spoken about. Yeah, they, yeah. they really um, do. And oh, go, go ahead, Nate. No, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think something that's really remarkable about this being Sada City's flagship IPA is that it is a West Coast. And, uh, yeah. you know, West Coast IPAs are great. Certainly, I know that the recipe has slightly changed over the years, but it's still very true to the first time I had it over a decade ago. Um, and Sawdust hasn't flinched. Like, they've added some really great New England-style IPAs, hazy IPAs to their lineup, but this continues to perform really well at Beer Town. People love it. We have a set of guests, which I'll talk about later, that have actually checked in this beer over 1,000 times on Untapped at various beer wow. town locations and wow. up in the tap room at Sada City. Um, and Sam has told me that uh, outside of the tap room, and maybe he's just like, you know, stroking my ego, but that we pour some of the freshest Lone Pine um, in the province outside of the tap room just because we're, because of the sheer volume of, uh, of, of it that we're going through. And, and I don't know, it, it just makes me happy that it's still so celebrated um, amongst the haze craze. Well said. Could not well, agree that's more. Great. And with that, shall we cheers and get it in us? Mm-hmm. Cheers, yeah, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. 
This is such a such a phenomenal beer. Like, yeah, it's got to be one of the longest running flagships that is just so damn good. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you've got, and even you've got if, that like. Yeah, there there are probably a like a couple that have been around um, a like a little bit longer, um, may, like and I mean maybe on the West Coast IPA front, but like we were talking about when um, when we were doing the West Coast episode, well, like one of the things that we were saying is that this is certainly one of the most accessible West Coast IPAs in Ontario, yes. um, yeah. what, like with sawdust uh, like range in LCBOs across the province. Um, and, uh, like, and of course with the number of places that like that pour it fresh, like, uh, like beer town, uh, like beer town does, there's almost, uh, like there's very little places in the province that you can go without getting uh, at least a can of, of, uh, Lone Pine, if not uh, on tap. A hundred percent. Um, and like, I, I did notice when, uh, we started onboarding more IPAs that we did see a little bit of a dip in sales, but there seems to now be a resurgence for West coasts. And so anytime I'm behind the bar or pouring this for a guest, or especially when we have guests like from down South come, come here and they, they just want like a range of different IPAs to try that really represent what's going on in the province. I love Mm. to start with this one. Mm. Um, you get like that, uh, summit, uh, Simcoe kind of Chinook mixture there. I think yeah. uh, there's some Columbus hops in it as well. Correct. Um, Good memory. And uh, it's just like, yeah, it just, I don't know. It reminds me of the early days. Yeah. It's like, I was about to say it's nostalgic. It's like a nostalgic yeah. beer that's grown. Like you said, the recipe's been tweaked, but not changed. So it's like grown with the times, which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. really cool. And they've kept the, you know, the, the hops true to style but they've they've probably like without you know having one from 2011 or whatever i imagine it's a lot brighter and a bit more tropical while still retaining that malt bill that just sort of gives that uh that backbone for all of that you know piney resinous but i think maybe there's a little brighter than perhaps it used to be would be my if i could hazard a guess at what the change would be yeah that that would be my i mean i think the malt bill is quite similar and like it does you know, it sort of looks like that sort of classic West Coast look. Like when I last talked to Sam, I know they were using Canadian two-row, um, a little Same. bit of uh, Crystal 45, Kara Munich type one, and something else that's not coming to me. And that's very, uh, yeah, that's very reminiscent of the West Coast that I've had. But as Nathan, you pointed out, way more approachable than some of the others on the market. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely very, very approachable and um, accessible. I think those two things are really key. And obviously that's uh, probably why it's such a success for you when you're introducing people to IPAs or at least the Canadian or what's happening in Ontario, you give them this bad boy and you know, you really can't go wrong. It's a hundred percent. And, and part of it too, for, for us is like, we're a gateway beer bar. So you know, we're not necessarily in the business of making like a Jen Tamsey beer geek beer list that's just going to speak to like what I like to drink or what people in the scene really enjoy. Mm. It's all about having a selection of beers that um, are stylistically diverse so we can really tell a story and take people, the novices, through um, through that story. Uh, it was like up until recently, we were still, we still had cans of Sierra Nevada pale ale 
because yeah. I felt that that was such an iconic beer to represent sort of that 1980s kickstarting of the craft beer revolution. One of the first APAs to be ever made. Like, it's oh. just crazy to me. Was it not the? Age. It is the, it is the yeah, right? one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think like, uh, you know, maybe there was something else that was made in somebody's garage, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's infamously like the first American pale ale. And that was in, I don't know, 1980, 1981. Like. So wild. Yeah. That's an, that, that's an absolute classic. Yeah. And almost every brewer, we used to have these, um, questions lightning around at the end of every episode back in the day. And I think we either had the desert Island beer or the beer that kind of like, like maybe your favorite, I can't remember what it was, like favorite of all time, like pretty much the most common answer was the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And it really seemed to mm-hmm. have uh, inspired a lot of people to start craft breweries and to really uh-huh. get into beer. Yeah, yeah. And and to start and, and to start kind of playing with APA recipes and playing with what IPAs could be. And there's just been such a massive change and evolution, um, which, and, and I see it with like our you know, team members as well. Like when I host our beer tastings or we're opening a new restaurant and I'm taking everyone through the beer Academy, I like to kind of weave a tale to contextualize the styles. And, uh, you know, like years ago when we first started introducing hazy IPAs, like even the novices didn't even really know what to do with what they were tasting. Mm. And now it's almost reversed. They're so used to drinking hazies that when I introduce like this guy here, Lone Pine, some of our younger team members are like, what, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) We always joke about that, but I hadn't actually heard a real life anecdote. So that is, that's hilarious. It's, it's a thing. It's for real. eh? it, It makes me feel old. Oh gosh. Like if you think about it, this guy, yeah, makes you feel old too. Jeez. The, if you think about people who got into beer, like in the last three to five years, when haze was maybe at its peak, like yeah. that's what they would have experienced. Pastry stouts, haze, maybe some lagers and uh, maybe some uh, smoothies. Yeah. I had some, a brew in Montreal, I forgot who it was, told me there were like people come in and they drink the sour and be like, why isn't it like a smoothie? They don't. They didn't know that sours weren't all smoothies. <laughs> I think it was yeah, Four Origins. Yeah, I think that that that, yeah. that totally like I haven't had that question, but I've had why isn't it fruited? <laughs> like, Which right. is perhaps like a little bit more subtle, right? Like, but the only the only sours they've ever had are fruited sours. Like gotcha. maybe not fully right. smoothie sours, but there's like there's definitely fruit in there. Um, so uh, yeah, so so they yeah. haven't like they're not used to seeing like just a straight up dry hop sour like like an OG Jelly King or yeah. um, mm. like our collective arts mashup the jam just a straight up dry hop sour like dry hop sour they're not used to that <laughs> they're they're not used to that they expect fruit they think that fruit is synonymous with sour mm. Um, mm. or they think that like one of the souring agents is the raspberry puree or something like that, as opposed to just like a straight lacto kettle sour. (laughs) Yeah. But like, why would you expect them to know any different? Right. And I'm there to educate. So, but it's, 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 it's fascinating for me. It makes me, (laughs) keeps me happy. (laughs) Hey, it gives, it keeps uh, that's a whole other job now required because the beer education is arguably more important because of this. Otherwise, how are they going to know? Yeah. I like, yeah, I, you know, and we're going to taste the other three beers tonight, but 
the one thing I didn't consider when I pitched these two collabs to Sawdust and Lone Pine, along with these two beer geeks, Terry and Emma, was that it would be very confusing for our staff. Because <laughs> it's all four combinations of the... Because it's all four combinations <laughs> and the names are very similar. And uh, right when we switched to the last beer we'll have tonight, Lone Tree, we had a little bit of bone pine left. So we were doing a four-way paddle, sampler oh, paddle yeah. for guests. That's cool. Uh, which was absolutely wild and so much fun. Uh, but the staff were just cursing my name. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they have to get the guests to repeat. Okay, so which one did you want again? Can you point yeah, it out? Yeah. yeah. yeah is that's... that the West Coast or is that the East Coast? <laughs> it's uh, it's so cool. And we'll explain what uh, Jennifer's talking about a little more as we go um, about what these sort of collabs are. You'll sort of see the thing. And I'm, I'm excited because I haven't had them all. Nate, you have had them all though. I have, yes. Okay, cool. So I'm the only newbie. I'm the, you can educate me, guys, tonight. This is what's up. Um, this is awesome. So I'd like to start off with your beer history, your personal beer history. So pre-Beer Town, how did you discover craft beer and how did that kind of uh, turn into a career for you? Yeah, I, I mean, it's not a super exciting story. It's a, little con- it's a little convoluted, but uh, I uh had beer at a very early age my parents are kind of heavy drinkers um (laughs) you know so so I did go through a phase where I was just like you know I wasn't one of those typical teenagers that just wanted to go out and drink but I was friends with uh a group of uh very very nerdy uh boys and gals on the trivia team in high school and we would um, after practice, go on over to this pub in London, Ontario, um, and order a Trappist quad or something else. Um, and that was probably the first time that I, uh, and actually, uh, the Milos was the bar manager of that pub at the time. Uh, that's a long time ago. I don't know if, uh, if either of you have been to his bar in London. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I broke into the scene. Um, or discovered um, that beer could be more than just this like fizzy, pale yellow substance, you know, that was what my conception of beer was. And it sort of blew my mind that beer didn't have to taste like that. Mm. Um, and that it it could be and and is and was so much more. And that just started a very, very long journey of wanting to get my hands and trading online and and trying to find as much beer as possible. And also it was for me, you know, it was cost accessible. Like Mm. whiskey was not uh, like, as I went, got into university, poor kid, right. Um, beer was, was something I could actually afford to enjoy and discover and drink. That's dope. What year was this when you started really, you know, nerding out over it? Oh my gosh, uh, maybe 2000 and 2003. Oh, wow. Okay. Like- 2002. I was a little underage, but uh, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I got my foot in the industry in about 2006. Um, okay. So that's when I started bartending and serving, uh, you know, obviously a great way to make money on the side. Um, and that's how I kind of got sucked into the hospitality industry. And I was always really interested in the mechanics and operations of how restaurants worked and efficiencies and things like that, which is mm-hmm. uh, less beer focused. And then I took some time off uh, university and I co-owned and operated a little music venue in London, Ontario in my early 20s. 
Um, and while that space was like focused on, it was like a hipster dive bar. We sold a lot of PBR, but we also like partnered with Wellington Brewery and would bring in little 20 liter pins of cast conditioned beer for guests. Okay. And at that time, like, oh, that's fun. it was like, nobody was serving cask beer back then. Um, right. I remember when like spearhood spearhead was like first opening, with the you know, Hawaiian and it was like with the Hawaiian pale ale. Yeah, it really was. It yeah. really was for a number of reasons. Um, and so that kind of was just another opportunity for me to take my nerdiness about beer and start curating lists, thinking about pricing, thinking about uh, service of beer um, and doing it in a way that was really accessible because we weren't selling beer to beer geeks. We were selling beer in a music venue to mm. people that were just there to get knockered and have a good time. <laughs> what uh, was the venue called? It was called APK Live. I knew it. Um, I knew it. I performed there twice. Oh, I did do, you? Amazing. I do music. Yeah. And yeah, it was like yeah. I had the Harry Potter and the bourbon soaked vanilla beans there. And it was yeah, the from first Great Lakes. when we toured, we never... There was always shit beer. And yeah. I, I remember that distinctively in the plastic clear cup, like the red solo cup, but a plastic one there. And I was like, wow, this is the first time, like I was doing the beer selfies at the time. This is pre-podcast, like 2013, yeah. 2014. And I remember just being like stoked that I could get craft beer at one of the places we performed that because we never could. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that we was met the then. You actually look familiar. Hmm. Yeah, we, we may have actually met. I... You, because you do kind of look familiar as well. I, uh, I can't take all the credit for that concept. Like it wasn't, you know, there was a bunch of people uh, that put a lot of sweat, blood, and tears into the space, and I took on ownership a little bit later because uh, right. you know we didn't make a lot of money, and so there's I kind of stepped up to the plate to help manage the space, curate the beverage portfolio, uh, you know, work on the point of sale system, find ways for us to stay open. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a good time. It was a good time. And it was definitely an opportunity for me to kind of flex my uh, beer muscles more from like a trying to understood what what would sell and how to train our staff about it um, and and make it accessible. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That's, so uh, that's kind of how I started. Okay. So yeah. then how did that transition into the beer town role? Like I know it's, there's yeah. obviously it's a company that owns a bunch of different venues. So was that soon after that? Yeah, it was soon ish. I, uh, I went back to school, um, you know, I was planning to do, become a lawyer, finish my PhD in philosophy, you know, philosophy and beer go quite well together. Okay. And, uh, and then, um, so beer town itself first opened up in 2012. Okay. Uh, we now have 10 locations um, I joined, oh my gosh, I think I joined oof, back in 2013, 2013-14, okay. as Beer Town was opening up Beer Town London. Um, and um, I was very excited. Everyone in the community was so excited that Beer Town was coming to London, Ontario. It was the third iteration um, of beer town at the time. So that we had, the company had opened Cambridge and Waterloo. Um, and when I started there, I just wanted it as a, on a part-time basis, but I soon saw that there was a lot of opportunity to kind of take the, uh, beer list to the next level and help focus on just beer education. And like, uh, Megan and my colleagues and the team had done a fantastic job up to that point. Um, but I was kind of coming at it from a little bit of a different angle, being so 
obsessive as I was about what I was drinking and, and how we were going to be serving the beer. And so eventually Jody convinced me to come on board full time and, and help, help grow the brand and, 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 you know, be that sort of like uh, connection point between what we were trying to accomplish and, and working with the breweries and being a voice for the Ontario craft beer industry. Um, because it's a, it's a huge privilege to serve some of the beers that we do. And it, it's always been my mandate to ensure that we do it right. And that can be hard to do as you're, as you're growing a, a concept like at a space like beer town. Mm, amazing. Yeah, okay. Totally. So th- that's fantastic. So then the history of the beer town brand in and of itself, like, like you said earlier, like it's a gateway destination for people to discover craft beer, which is highly underrated and undervalued in with something that we talk about here a lot, like gateway beers. And now this is a gateway venue, which is a whole other ballpark. Do you, are you able to speak to just sort of like how beer town came about? Like maybe what inspired it? Like was you know, someone identify that, that particular gap or like, Hey, we could actually introduce yes. people to beer. Yeah. So the idea was conceived by uh, our CEO, who's still our CEO, Jody Palavisky. He's an absolute dreamer um, and uh, a bit of an idealist. And um, I think had uh, read an article about the modern beer bar in something like GQ magazine, but also had been spending a lot of time um, down in the States going to spaces where they had more than 10 taps. And, mm. you know, uh, those spaces were, were pouring more than just like 10 loggers on tap and really thinking that um, there wasn't, well, there were spaces like that in Ontario. There wasn't anything like that Um you know, uh, kind of in the suburbs, like Mm. there were, there were spaces that were sort of starved for, for craft beer. And, you know, in 2012, when the first one opened, we were, you know, what felt like the height of the craft beer renaissance in Ontario, you had this huge proliferation of breweries opening up and, uh, it just made sense. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, Beer Town is part of Charcoal Group. Um, so they there was already some capital there. It uh, started with the Charcoal Steakhouse, which was uh, family owned and operated and, you know, opened in the 50s in Kitchener-Waterloo. Um, and jo- Jody joined to help manage that space and then kind of pitched the guys on on, on opening Beer Town. Um, and it's uh, since then, it's it's, you know, I think we can say it's been a success. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, we were talking off air earlier about the importance of of things like that, both appear uh, um, appealing to newer drinkers to make them feel comfortable. Because you, I can understand. While the three of us will probably not really feel uncomfortable or not welcomed, maybe in a or you know, in a beer space that maybe some might perceive to be pretentious or like overwhelming, and you know, there's so many choices. What do all these words mean? You know, I, I totally get it. This type of destination whilst i nate i think you haven't been yet but neither have i and i'm very excited to go the like i'd love to hear sort of like what the differences are between say beer town and another place that maybe could be a little overwhelming for somebody that's newer to craft like what are those things that you guys have maybe you know uh, crafted specifically to to increase that welcoming and that kind of a hey man it's all good like we got you a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like to say that we aren't gatekeepers. I don't think there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens anymore, but 
actually there is but for you know for a while there were there were spaces and places where where you would go in and there was no kind of educational component to uh selecting a beer in a list it was just like assumed that you would know what what you know what you wanted and what you were going to drink and that was that um and those spaces i think are really important um they don't necessarily have to be gatekeeping spaces but so for beer for beer town uh you know our our biggest mandate is that while we are a gateway beer bar we are also a lot of other things like we have i think a fantastic culinary program you know, right. most of our food, actually all of our food is like handmade, scrap ma- scratch made cuisine. Um, some of the beer towns don't even have freezers uh, because it's important that we're doing things uh, fresh. Mm. Um, and our executive chef, Todd Clermo, has like, you know, a longstanding history of, of being in the industry, kind of approaches, uh, you know, like any passionate uh, chef, like culinary uh, delight with, um, you know, pizzazz and excitement and just, um, an ethos to do things right. Um, and, you know, so we have kind of this sort of like, we, we have standard pub fare, but I would say it's a little bit elevated. Um, and we go that extra mile and we spend a lot of time training our chefs, paying our chefs well, and making sure that they can um, not only get our food out consistently well, um, do it quickly, um, but do it in a way that really does service to the way that menu has been curated. So yeah, good food, good eats. Um, we also have like a great cocktail program. Uh, we recently, I recently partnered with Willibald a few years ago to come up with a cake cocktail that we could serve to guests. So it's That's really that mentality that yes, we want to serve great beer. Yes. We want to like convince you to try something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone. Yes. We want to support the Ontario craft beer scene, but we don't expect you to be there and just partake in that. Right. Um, ultimately we want you to be comfortable. Um, you know, we have this sort of, uh, space for the people ethos. Um, what we, you know, uh, where we just want you to come in, be in that public house that's like a, a home and uh, partake with other community members and take your shoes off and just have a nice time. Um, cool. And so, yeah. yeah, that, that is, that is the number one thing we teach our staff. I love that. That's, that's really cool that you were able to partner with Willibald for that, um, uh, like for, for that cocktail, uh, for that cocktail idea there, um, like with, like with Willibald also having their spirits pro, uh, like program there. That's, uh, that's kind of cool to be able to, ha- to be able to have that crossover. Um, and you're saying, uh, you're saying too, that, you know, you don't have to be partaking in that to enjoy the experience there. And I think that's something that's that, like, that's really key, um, as we were talking about, but like before, I have been to uh, the beer town in Burlington a few times because that's where my because uh, that's where my parents live, and I've um, brought them out to dinner there the last time, uh, like the last time my wife and I were in town. And neither of my parents are drinkers, so it was a case of I was certainly happy because I was able to have like to have my like uh, my, my pint of bone pine along with uh, like along with my fried chicken and um, even though they're like they're not drinkers they absolutely loved the food there that's um, great. and that's the, like the food part of it I think is something that uh, is often overlooked in uh, like in the craft beer space another. Mm-hmm 
place that we know that kind of has that on lock is when we were talking to Counterpart a little while back. They're yes. in, like, like they're another spot in the brewery themselves that really have their culinary game um, down. And the the way you were describing that uh, like reminded me of that in the same like in the same way with that focus on the like on the culinary experience. Like it definitely has a big impact in terms of the. Uh, like the breadth of clientele that you can have uh, through your doors in that case. A hundred, yeah, I, I couldn't agree. And, and, you know, first and foremost, we are a restaurant, you know, like we, right. we do sell more food than we do beer. So it only makes sense that if we're going to try to do beer, right, we're absolutely going to try to do food, right. Mm. Um, we also like have a really great kids program, you know, and, I don't know, like as I'm getting older um, and seeing some people that are, you know, still in the scene, still kicking around, they're having kids. Like, it's nice to be able to go somewhere. I, we have a kids root beer standard that I train all the staff on where, you know, you can get all four root beers and you get a little sampler paddle with it. It comes oh, out in a little, sick. you know, uh, collective arts like bucket. And so, the, so, you know, three kids can enjoy a sampler paddle oh, of root awesome. beers. Well, mom and dad, you know, have the four way paddle of, you know, a bunch of IPAs. Uh, So, uh, yeah, it's it's creating a space that isn't daunting and 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 just appeals to what's going to make you happy. And if along the way we can get you to drink beer, then even better. (laughs) That is so cool. I mean, that that and that's probably even coming back to my last question about the what made it different. That's what makes it different. That that's what makes it gateway. It makes it welcoming and appealing to all different demographics where it's not just a bunch of 20 somethings with tattoos and stuff like listening to loud music or whatever like it's that's super dope and you the craft cocktail like i'm saying uh, in the intro that i just came back from the states after five weeks and one thing i noticed after not really traveling much for the last three years at least outside of canada was the breweries in the states tended to always have multiple other options for people at mm-hmm. all times including like we just would say the veil in richmond they had just mm-hmm. opened uh we can't went they, they opened the week before we went to their brand new tap room it's massive and they had like four, uh, i think it was four different cocktails on draft then they had like four different wines on draft as well so like if you bring and that's it sounds like I'm, I'm saying this to say that that uh clearly beer town is doing a very very similar thing where you're bringing your non-beer friends to so say if the three of us were like yeah let's go to beer town you're going to bring a couple of our non-beer drinking friends well they're not going to feel kind of like oh i'm going to this beer bar let me just get some perrier or whatever like they can feel a part of it because they can get this cool pour of this fun cocktail and like these thoughtful drinks that genuinely appeal to them that does, don't make them feel like like the the odd one out which i think is really important that that you know breweries need to kind of be almost more like beverage companies these days and it sounds like you guys are already doing that on top of the restaurant side as well which is amazing a hundred percent and that like i guess goes back to my gatekeeping comment which i don't think is the right word but it's just to say like we're if you ask for something we're gonna try and make it happen Mm. (laughs) you know and um and 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 we even have like we we call it it's kind of silly but we call it the moment of truth the mot we train our team on it if a guest comes in and they uh you know want a pomegranate juice and it's slow a manager will run over to 
you know, the grocery store and grab some pomegranate juice. So really the idea wow. is, is that we're, we're going above and beyond, uh, to make that experience, uh, comfortable, welcoming, and what you want, uh, when you're going to spend money. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And this is so cool. Where does all of the ideas for these fun things, like the moment of truth, like the kids root beer paddle, um, all of these things, like how, how does that sort of like, is there like a process that the team goes through to sort of come up with like, like, you know, how can we make this an incredible experience for people that make them want to come back and maybe the next time they may be more inclined to try beer or something like that. Like, is there, or is it just kind of in the blood it, as such? It's a, it is a synthesis of so many creative, amazing minds with different skill sets and it's an evolution, right? Like we have been around since, you know, 2012, uh, changing the beer list, curating the beer town experience. Like we've been lucky to be able to open more, restaurants see how guests respond in different regions you know like what we sell at beer town cambridge the beer mix there or the the beverage sale mix there is very different from beer town new market sales mix where we where we mm. most recently opened in east gillenberry so um yeah we there there kind of is a process obviously we don't just throw things at the wall and have them stick you know we we think things out as we've grown especially it's important that if we're going to try something new that everyone's well-trained on it. Everyone understands what's going on and that it's not just this half-baked concept that um, the management teams in each space don't feel uh, comfortable executing. Um, so there's like a lot of kind of operational work that goes into just not merely coming up with the idea, but making sure that we execute it properly. Um, but for the ideas themselves, sometimes it's a bartender behind the bar who is like, yo, Jen, haven't seen you in a month because, you know, you've been at the other beer towns, but, uh, you know, a guest asked us X the other day, what do you think about this? Or we'd really like to take this out. And, um, you know, then I chat with my colleagues and, and if it makes sense, we make it happen. So it, it. Then, yeah, we're, Top we're big, team. but it's still a small and nimble team. And most of the, uh, creative thinkers, uh, uh, within the beer town brand are at the restaurants, like, you know, um, like I, I'm still up. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually on the floor, getting amongst it. Exactly. It's important. Exactly. I've worked at restaurants yeah. in the past, so I, I see the, uh, the value there. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. That, like, that's really cool to hear that, uh, you know, like, like, cause you, you, you can hear lots of stories, uh, like of people who work at chain restaurants and kind of how it's very corporate driven, but that doesn't sound like that's really the case here. It sounds like the employees really have the ability to influence the, uh, like the, mm. the experience. And it sounds like, uh, it sounds like the owners will, like, will hear what the, like, what the, uh, like what the staff on the ground are like are willing to offer to kind of make the beer town experience a bit better. Is that kind of the, like, is that kind of the atmosphere? I would say so for sure. Um, you know, even to this day, like our CEO opening day, he's standing on drink expo with me, <laughs> you know, we're seeing what goes out. Um, I'm behind the bar with the bar team. Um, we're still actually changing up our training for this last uh, restaurant open. I, I realized there's kind of a gap in, in terms of the knowledge sets around uh, draft beer maintenance, uh, mm. especially like our, um, or draft beer troubleshooting. Um, as we're growing, 
I'm finding that it's just too hard for me to do that all myself, right? I really need to empower our bartenders. Um, and it, it's on like trickier things, you know, say we get like a really beautiful Saison that's, uh, you know, it's been keg conditioned and it, and so we got to up the PSI. We have different regulators on all our lines and, and uh, yeah, so the point being that, um, you know, we're still kind of adapting and evolving and trying to really listen to our team members to figure out how to kind of make the best possible experience for, for our guests. Yeah. Fire. I love it. Yeah. That's great. On that note, is it time for beer two? I think That's- so. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, yes. So, Jen, another OG. Another, Another flagship. OG. Another flagship. So uh, I guess I'll introduce this if, if you're okay with that. Oh, we would love that. Please. Awesome. Um, so the next beer we have in our lineup tonight is uh, Bone Tree, um, which is brewed by uh, Third Moon Brewery up in uh, Milton, Ontario. Um, this, I would say, uh, don't want to speak for the third minute. Don't want to speak for Chris and Bebo too much, but I would say it's their flagship IPA. Oh, I think um, it is. Yes. Yeah. I think New they England would say IPA. it is. Yeah. It's and and, uh, importantly, we serve it at all the beer towns and, um, it was definitely, uh, a, a little bit of a passion project for me. Um, and, and I would say for the boys at third moon to be able to make this happen, um, because, you know, there's definitely logistical challenges with, uh, you know, the size and scope of, of their space and, and what we were asking them to do and being able to have this constantly available for us at 10 beer town locations. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, that's a lot, but when I saw this, I just thought my first thought, because I've known I've known Bebo for before since before Third Moon, not super well, but I've known him for a while. And I know the struggle that they've been through. They opened in, you know, it's their anniversary this week. They opened in, you know, 2020. And to, when I saw that, I was like, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. That they've got their flagship beer at all locations of a multi-location craft beer bar i just and i was like if i was owning a brewery like that would be the dream situation so maybe whilst it could have caused some short-term logistical stress obviously that's what they're in business for and you know this is it's amazing it's so cool yeah i i don't think i could have put it better myself um i also think the thing about bebo and and chris and the team there is like they really do believe in spaces that uh, like they're okay to have their beer pouring alongside, you know, some American adjunct lager made by a big brewer. Like I don't want to put words in their mouth, but the point is, is that they really just love beer. They love when people drink good beer. They aren't afraid to kind of push the boundaries in terms of like, uh, you know, the beers that they're producing and they kind of just do their thing. And, uh, when I approached them and, and they sort of approached me, I, I was nervous. I was like, <laughs> like I was so obsessed with third moon and, uh, and, uh, you know, as you said, they opened up during the pandemic. So it was just like retail sales, retail sales, you know, you're driving to the brewery, you're picking things up. And, um, you know, I didn't know what they were going to think of, uh, potentially, having this on tap at beer town and they were all for it that's a really fair 
uh, as much as it's more like, oh, like they're such cool guys, like it's not even a problem. But it's a fair thing, particularly with Third Moon being the having the level of hype that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that you know maybe they aren't able to um, to to or not interested or not able to keep up or whatever it might be. But yeah, they are definitely super humble dudes, and and uh, yeah, it's pretty exceptional. What Su- super super that. humble, and and I think. You're right. For for many breweries, it would be a dream to have your your beer listed in a multi uh, unit concept. But as I said, like uh, the you know, it does change. I think the way you have to think about your production schedules. You know, at the time they were brewing uh, Bone Tree pretty consistently, which is why we uh, why we kind of had this approach of, of, of being able to serve it. But like, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're brewing more of it now because we are buying so much of it. And that does change. Yeah. 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 And that does change um, the way that they have to think about uh, what's in tank, when it's in tank, what else they're brewing. Um, You know, things as, as simple as like the number of empty kegs that we have from them sitting at any given time, like uh, you know, and, and, uh, that's that's something that I think about a lot because we have a whole standard around how to get empties back to breweries, how to deal with keg deposits, especially with our rotational program. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like it's just to say that this was like it it took a while to make it happen, and they were just so great to work with in terms of figuring out those those logistical challenges. And yeah, I just want to give a nod to them on that's that. Amazing. Well, yeah. on that note, that's not that, that's not at all surprising, and uh, it, it, like you know, it's really good to hear um, that that like that they're able to have a partnership like this, and like kn- like knowing them, like we we love to see something like, like something like this um, working for them, where like, like where they've got a beer that's showing up in a uh, like in a ten location uh, that, like chain like that that they're able to like that they're able to meet that demand and also like like that you guys are selling so much of this that that's uh, like that that was able to sustain it and it's a fan like it's a fantastic beer at that so with that we should probably take a sip yes mm-hmm. please cheers guys cheers cheers oh, it's gorgeous you know i just realized i've actually never had this because i checked it i lugged on untapped i only have ever had the anniversary versions like the last two, and I just how is that possible thing. that you've never had this one? I think because I just didn't realize. I was like, why does it say zero check-ins? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And I think because I've like I looked at it and I've got I just got the bone three today, and then I had yep. the first and second anniversary one, and then they had a double dry hops version. Yeah, and I had just never had the OG, and it's spectacular. My God, I know, great. right? I'm sure it's like basically the same shit as like the other ones, but still, like technically, haven't had this one. And I've I've heard someone said to me the other day. When I was talking about this, they're like, oh, there's nothing like Bone Tree on, on draft. And I don't believe I've ever had it on draft at uh, particularly at Beertown, which is my aim, goddammit, this summer. Now I'm close to everything. It's what's happening. Is it, I guess it's like a, you both obviously have done it. It's, is it. Is it much of a different experience? I mean, obviously draft is superior like m- more times than not um, for this particular beer. Would you both say that it's uh, – obviously it's gorgeous out of a can, it- but – it's gorgeous out of a can. Um, I've had it so many times now, you know, like <laughs> it's like it, like maybe 
maybe slightly different, but even it, it like on their short draw system versus like when we're serving it at beer town, like there's just too many variable factors there. Great point for, uh, for me to, I don't know, Nathan, maybe you can speak to this for me to be able to discern why it's different. Like, is it just, you know, cause this beer actually ages surprisingly well for mm. it, the style. Um, you know, so like, what's we keep our we try to keep our inventory really tight we keep these kegs in the fridge uh they're not allowed to be on the floor um but like right. you know when when did we tap it uh when was the like when did the beer come out um so yeah but there's but there is something about you know pouring it on draft like pouring yeah, it definitely. placing it on the on the Mine. bar it's just yeah yeah yeah, it's um. I mean, look, this is spectacular. I'm sorry, Nate. You uh, talk about that. No, no, there was a, a no. The, I I didn't really have much to add on that, like on that front. But de- like, just again, just a gush over how fantastic a beer this is. Um, like, I mean, so many, like, so many breweries use Citra and like in so many different ways. And um, but like, there's a reason that so like that so many breweries love it and so many of our favorite haze brewer, like breweries love it so much um like you know badlands is crazy for it uh, like third moon are obviously like are obviously crazy for it they like you know it's it's the backbone of bone tree and all of its uh, like, like all of its variations and like all of the different ways that they've used citra um otherwise it's just an incredibly versatile hop and it's one that's the, like that really creates a fantastic profile just on its own and yeah like this is this is just it's a beautiful beer on ca- like on can or like or on draft it's awesome it, it's always amazing um obviously like for the listeners as Nate's saying this is an all citra hop beer so they just use citra in it i think when i was chatting with chris because i actually went and pick these cans up from the brewery since we just have it on tap um, at Beer Town. And they were saying that their uh, recent batch used uh, Citra f- that they had selected from Yakima, which would make sense. Um, but that they were finding that it was very, very much more tropical than than uh, than the last time. And they did, you don't get any of those catty or woody aromatics that you sometimes get with Citra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yep. that's it you know that just that just makes it even more fun to drink it's uh, yeah absolutely i'm not getting any of the caddy elements at all in this i'm no. like what i'm getting is uh, like you were saying all tropical fruit there's a ton of uh like citrus rind uh, uh, like in this mm-hmm. lots of uh like lots of grapefruit uh, and orange peel so like so it's getting it's getting bitterness from that it's getting like a like a bit of like caramelized resinous sweetness all of the, like mm. all of that going together and it yeah God. yeah it's gorgeous this is special this is a truly special BMM this is this is incredible so it's been a while since I've had it it's like this is actually a real treat to come, like to come back to this because it's been a while yeah man. Me too. I, I I picked up a few other things from them, so I had some Smart. double blood bath the other day, and uh, yeah, and I, I oh, guess I've got I haven't a can of that in the fridge. Cream. It's yes. good. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, I haven't I haven't had bone tree in a while, and that's it's like the you know um, sometimes I kind of get bored of 
our what we call our static beer list, which is just like our you know year uh, rounders. Um, uh, but then you know, coming back to them, like it's a reason. There's a reason that we continue yeah. to pour the beers that we do. So this is. This is, and we already know the third moon is like out of control, but like as far as Haze is concerned, I mean, this is the, the benchmark. And for this to be your main flagship IPA, I mean, like, God damn, that is, that is like, and, and to be, look at that. Look at that Beer Town logo looking gorgeous right there. Oh. I was saving my glass for one of the collabs. <laughs> it's it's just so, it's just so cool. And I just think it's really like the best, it's like, You've you've kind of got the best of both worlds. What I really really love, like I was saying, we we really value gateway things here that the typical beer nerd probably doesn't think about. It's just that we try to think a little broadly and be like, okay, well, for this industry to grow, we need new people to get in on that, right? So a lot of gateway things, like you can go to different places, and and the the optimal situation is that there would be products um, for newer drinkers and then products for people like the three of us, and for this just to be like oh you know we've just got bone tree on tap everywhere all the time like that is like it's no small thing and it's just such like elevated top tier like craft beer in canada if not i just came back from five weeks i don't know if in the states i don't know if i had anything that good as good as this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which really speaks to the quality of what we're doing up here like it is with that that's what i learned my number one thing and it's not even any sort of knock to anything obviously but i just i really think the canadian beer has elevated so much in the last few years that maybe people don't realize and maybe we don't realize it took me to leave to really understand like oh wow like we're doing something very very special and for you guys to just be that forward thinking and thoughtful about it and introducing this level of quality product to newer people obviously the the people who are already into it already know what's up so that's preaching to the choir but like i just think that is such a it's almost like a ballsy move from a corporate sort of perspective because it might not work sometimes but oh totally like i'm gonna say right now uh i've served this to some guests that are like what is this. <laughs> I didn't want a chicken soup. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's not a knock to third moon. It's not a knock to the industry. It's not a knock to this, what this beer is. It's, it was me not doing a great job at trying to navigate a tasting experience for a guest, right? It was just too much too soon. Mm. Um, but you know, we, we have a good lineup of IPAs. It's like we pour this also alongside, um, collective arts life in the clouds right Another which fantastic is flagship a fantastic flagship um you know arguably also a little a more gateway IPA, but more gateway more yes. gateway um, so what was the when, second one i just i talked over you i'm sorry no that's okay uh so yeah so life in the clouds uh we also pour outside jokes from town not oh, at all yeah. 10 locations Phenomenal. right but that's also kind of in that haze craze category mm-hmm. um but still very very different from what we have in front of us yes um and when we first decided to kind of partake in in getting third moon on tap um at all the locations we actually did uh a release of bone twig um, which, uh, is, is great. It's, uh, more kind of like a hazy American pale ale, lower ABV, because I just wanted to do a run of it to see how our servers and guests would respond to Mm -hmm. third moon product, knowing that 
a lot of people in the building would have never had third moon before. Right. And would, and wouldn't right. even, wouldn't even really know what they're doing. Um, so yeah. And it, and it sold like wildfire. And so I thought, yeah, we're not, we're just going to go for it. I, love I also it. want to do yeah. something selfish, that's not, something that I'm not going to drink. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have <laughs> there to you go. You got to take these yeah. risks. Yeah. That's not surprising. Um, so, like, so talking about kind of the gateway environment, um, looking through, like, looking through some of the, like, some of the stuff that you sent us with the menus here, um, I'm wondering if you can talk us through yeah. this strategy of the rotating pores, because um, you've the got because uh, you've got this lovely little list here of uh, like of the ten rotating pores that you've got, um, and, and like just to mention that like, like a couple, there's like something newsworthy, an Ontario craft cider, something smooth, something spicy. Do you want to talk us through the thinking on that? Oh, this is yeah, so yeah, hundred um, percent. So uh, since Beertown's inception, uh, Beertown has had like some rotational taps. Um, but like I was saying, the beer scene in Ontario has been evolving. Um, you know, there's some really fantastic stuff happening right now. And so we've tried to sort of evolve with it, right? And evolve uh, with the fact that the average beer drinker at Beer Town, well, they don't always know what's going on. They know more than they did 10 years ago, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, so so uh, the rotating taps um, are managed in-house by each of my beverage managers. And that allows us to keep the inventory really tight, which is super, super important. Um, but what we've done or what I've done is I've tried to get, uh, create a little sandbox for them to play within so that we don't end up with a top list of 10 IPAs um, uh. with a beverage manager who may just have finished their Cicerone training and you know they know stuff about beer, but they're not really in the scene, right? Because that's something that's like really hard to teach. Mm. Um, and yeah, then at the point. same time, from a guest standpoint, which is Nathan, probably what you're more interested in, I wanted a way to like be able to actually have the rotational taps like printed on the menu so that when you open the list and you see the static pours, which obviously have some great beers on it, um, you also are able to see that like we also have we also have a lineup of 10 really really great beers and if you don't recognize them on our chalkboards or untapped you at least kind of understand what line number 2 is going to be about okay you want a cider you want something gluten free check out line number 2 you want mm. something that celebrates hops check out line number 7 um, and so, yeah, that was sort of the thinking around it to be able to like take something like the idea of rotational taps that beer geeks understand and make it palatable to people who don't know what that means. That is so uh, cool. I love that. So yeah. every restaurant, every beer town location would probably have different one to 10 in these different sort of categories exactly. at any given time. And it's up to at the any individual curator. Yes. Um, now, with that being said, as we've grown, I've had to create kind of an, a list of approved breweries. So they have to select from a list of already pre-chosen breweries. And, okay. and that's simply to, uh, you know, ensure that the onboarding process has happened there. Like just as much as like just, you know, not every brewery 
is doing the exact same thing, has the same philosophy, understands what we're doing. Um, and by the same token, it's a privilege to pour the beer that we do. And so I want to make sure that I'm chatting with the brewery about it. They understand how we're going to deal with keg empties and deposits. They understand, uh, you know, how we deal with keg storage, if a keg's going to be on the floor or not on the floor, which is also a contentious thing. So we have a list that the beverage managers get to choose from, but then they get from there, they get to just go wild. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this before. It's uh, it's fascinating. And then the second part of this is the neighborhood pause. Um, yeah. Do you want to maybe touch on that a little? Yeah. So those, so those, um, as we've grown, like menu menus cost a lot of money. We have to, we have to print them um, quite regularly, and so uh, I we wanted a way to just be able to support the breweries in in our own backyard, but also give them some leniency to be able to change up um, those tap listings more often, knowing that some of those breweries are so so small that they might not have a lot of beers in their core portfolio. Or they might say, oh, we're really excited about, you know, this West Coast that we just did. But then in six months from now go, you know what? It's not performing well in the tap room. Can we switch to something else? And so the neighborhood pours are essentially, they're different for each beer town. There's three of them at each beer town. And then we have our collaboration brew, which we're going to try in a little bit. Um, and so they're printed on a different uh, section of the menu, which is like our neighborhood pours and rotational bottle lists that we can swap it more often. So, yeah. And the one you have there, uh, I don't know which one I gave you, whatever. Oh, it was at Beer Town Burlington. So that's Beer Town Burlington's uh, list okay. right now, which is okay. kind of in flux. So, but. just to maybe give people a bit of a context there, like the neighborhood pours that you have on tap, which that would actually make sense because you have Merit rotational yep. series. You yeah. have Bronin, High Road, um, yep. who actually had the founder of them on the podcast because they also founded Harmon's um, Craft. They did. Uh, yeah. Which is yeah. phenomenal to hear. I didn't I didn't know this. And then Steve, the other owner, was the founder of Mill Street, which is blew my mind. Ephus um, from Leftfield. And, yeah. uh, and then, as you mentioned, the collaboration series, of course, which we're going to get to uh, shortly. So that yeah. is super fun. So basically it's just a, 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 like three beers essentially that um are from that local neighborhood so like in the new market location you'd probably have market brewery maybe um uh the yep. Maine and something like that so something yep. sort of around the corner to keep it sort of local and maybe people might feel a little connection or learn something about their local like oh wow i didn't know about uh that this brewery was was down the street type of thing a hundred percent like so in cool. case in point when we first opened up burlington Burlington was like the first attempt at doing a 41 tap draft list. The uh, locations prior to that only had 30 taps. And so uh, we had an opportunity to partner with more local breweries and Fairweather so, was opening up at the time. Mm. There wasn't a lot happening in Burlington. So, you know, I reached out to Dan and the team there and they at the time didn't produce coasters. We do use coasters at beer town. Guests love it. I always tell every brewery that, the yeah, nice thing is, is that like, yeah, if someone posts untapped on untapped, your beer is always going to be in the right glass. I but uh, so he made coasters for us. And I said, put your address on the back Ooh, and we'll just smart. send people your way. And um, I that's like to smart. think that we sent a lot of people their way. Uh, that's so cool. It's so yeah. thoughtful. I love like, that. 
that's what I'm learning right now is that every single step of the way, everything is very thoughtful, very intentional, which is just so dope. And it just needs to be that way because that's really what beer is. But uh, I, I love this so much. The second part of this um, neighborhood pause here is a rotational bottle list. So mm -hmm. this is sort of just like, uh, like you mentioned before, the double bloodbath is on here from Third Moon. And you've got an exceptional list. You've got the Sklepnik from Godspeed in the Pitchline Barrels, which is one of the, my favorite beers of the year. Vim and Vigo, so one of the greatest beers in Canadian history. Um, yeah. All the Long Cloud, Badlands and Slake. Each Beast of God, phenomenal. Um, what else we got? Oh, Fine Balance, Gelato Sour. Love, love Fine Balance. Rorschach, the Haterade, which is a ton of fun. Um... It's, oh, and even some like Belgian stuff, some Tilken and stuff. I mean, this is this is yeah. great. So this is kind of more of like a um, break break it down. Just like maybe like a hey, we got like maybe a case of this stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's, so it's it basically it, it uh, it's a rotating list. So um, because we can swap out that menu more often, it just allows us to bring in like more what offs and like cans that I might be trying to seek out for myself or like a friend in the beer community, maybe doing the same um, without having to worry about it being a consistent beer that's going to be produced for a long period of time. Right. Gotcha. And during the pandemic, uh, like many breweries and, and other bars, we did have to shift and think about doing retail. Right. And um, we used to have guests now that really do treat us like a bottle shop. It's obviously not, our primary, uh, you know, means of business. Um, but I love to encourage it. We try to price the beers low for the bottle shop component because for us, it's just really a way to get more people drinking fun beers, um, to encourage responsible service and to rotate our inventory. Mm. And so the rotational bottle list changes, I'd say like every two months, Okay. Um, and when we run out of something, we just stamp it out with a little stamp that says better luck next time. So you can kind of see like, you know, what's there. And we just bring in like one to two cases of the product. Um, sometimes more if the restaurant like Beertown Berry sells a lot of takeout. So we bring in more. Gotcha. That's sick. Yeah. I love that. I, I know I was, as you were saying that I noticed, yeah, you've got the, uh, in-house price as well as the to-go, um, yeah. uh, price yeah. as well, which is super dope. This is super. Yeah, that's fun. really smart. I, I I I never would have thought of that as a like as part of a strategy of like of inventory rotation. But like like that's really really deliberate and very uh, like and very clever. And like you were saying, these are very reasonably priced. Uh, like for it to oh, go, yeah. like a can of each beast of God on uh, like under ten bucks. That's uh, like that's not ha like like that's not bad at all. Like Haterade for uh, like for five bucks, those are very reasonable yeah. prices. You know, people yeah. are used to paying that. Uh, like one of my favorite things about moving to Ontario is that we have now the the indie bottle shops that I guess were everywhere in Quebec, mm -hmm. but now we're able to do that. Like you know, my favorite cafe Durand around the corner here has the best fridge, you know, in in the in the city, and it's so dope because it's like you know, well, you could buy a four pack from the brewery or you can pay maybe a premium of a buck or something or so a can to be able to just buy one of them, but you know, you're directly supporting that brewery plus also supporting the shop. So it's like a double banger right there. And it's, uh, it's sick. And that's the exact same concept here where people can come to the restaurant and maybe you like, Oh, you had a pour of something and you're like, you know what, let me get a couple cans to go uh, of that. It's, it's glorious. I, I yeah. It's, fantastic. It, it's, it's worked well for us. Like I know me, here, I'm in Kitchener. I love going to Sidewalk Beer Shop. 
at Princess Cafe. Like they do an amazing job there. There is a beer town right up the street, but like what he's doing just helps us sell more takeout beer. It's, um, and, uh, and like really at the end of the day, most of our spaces are not in downtown spaces, which is, which is where I find a lot of the bottle shops are right. It makes sense that they are right. Um, and so we're, we're in the burbs and there's not a lot of places to get, you know, some good one-offs and and so it it's just like kind of a hole in the market that we're looking to fill um and and also encourage people to try new stuff someone comes in they've never had third moon beer before they try bone tree i want to send them home with some double bloodbath or something else if they're not going to get a chance to go up to milton to pick up product themselves Mm. yep it's just so cool and i feel like is that like a, a thing at all? Can all restaurants do that now? Excuse my ignorance on the legalities. Oh, yes. Yeah, so everywhere oh. can do it if they want to. They can. There there are uh, rules around it, some of which make sense, some of which don't. But standard that's, bureaucracy. That's standard bureaucracy and, and uh, alcohol legislation for you in Ontario. But, you know, that was one of the – that was one of the really strange wonky things about the pandemic was mm. this erasure of the monopoly of the LCBO. Like sure, they still have a huge monopoly, but now any bar, as long as you have a liquor license can sell booze to go. Like gotcha. mind blown. <laughs> Never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> Honestly, from when this happened, I was still in Montreal and I was shocked that there wasn't as much sort of like, talk about it i expected to see podcasts and think pieces and all this stuff like people weren't like i felt the same way the way you reacted then that's how i felt and i wasn't even living here mm-hmm. i was like this is the coolest shit ever like every single time in ontario i either have to go to the brewery and lcbo i tended to not really enjoy as much they didn't always have the freshest inventory they didn't have the newest releases because of the bureaucracy of it which is completely fair but now any cafe whatever restaurant bar is able to sort of supplement their income with with doing this and people aren't really talking about it as much or people could just rent an empty storefront and just be like all right holler at a bunch of breweries order some cases boom 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 get some chips to go because of the stupid food law thing food requirement yeah and then boom it's gone it's just like it's it's just so cool and it's so smart and it's allowing like businesses to thrive at a time when so many went under so it's uh it's fun because it helps not only beer town for example that can sell something to go but it also helps that brewery you know uh, with the like you were saying um the you know just the the i guess the the knowledge of just their existence and be like hey this exists this is really great products this is local canadian ontario product that you know i just some folks in your community starting this business that you want to support and i love it i love it so much this is just so super cool I'm still shocked at how many guests come in and have no clue that breweries sell beer online and can ship it to your house. <laughs> really? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and so then again, this, us being able to t- uh, sell beer to go is like, it's like part of that because as you, you know, you said it's a good list. I think it's an okay list. Like, but we, we limit the number of SKUs, right? Like there's only like 10 SKUs on that list. So yeah. You know, anytime I'm building a six pack or four pack for somebody, it's like, you really like this stuff? Well, this is what we have from this brewery, but like go on their website. Like here it is, like check Grab out, 
uh, what, what you can grab and, and get it, get it shipped to your house. And they're like, what? That's a thing. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. So maybe it's just <laughs> yeah. like a beer nerd thing, like a community thing where every, we all know, but the average maybe casual drinker isn't aware of that, which is wow. Cause you can't do it in Quebec and it always used to drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. And then seeing everybody here. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it, like, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it, like, it, it seems, it seems obvious to, like, to us all the time. Uh, like, you know, people who are actively in the scene and follow every brewery in Ontario and the province and who, you know, see the updates to like, you know, with the link to the store or, you know, you're seeing like their shipping deals that uh, like that come up and whatnot. It's uh, like, it, it seems like second nature to us, but knowing that not everyone who comes into like who comes into beer town and like is necessarily that level of beer nerd it's not uh, like you know when you think about like when you think about it it's not that surprising that they're like you know like that some people uh like might not know about it so i'm like it's that's cool to hear that you can blow some minds uh like sometimes and like you guys are really doing a service to the breweries by turning that information on to people who might not otherwise know so true. I, I I hope that we are. I mean, I I like to think that we are. Uh, you know, another um, thing that we really battled with was growlers, mm. <laughs> because okay. we can we because uh, I was nervous about doing them when uh, we were looking for like ways to generate income when we were shut down, right? But like we were in this position where. I got the call that as of January 1st, it was going to be approved, right? Because originally the legislation just said you could sell beer to go, but it had to be like a closed container, right? So growlers were not part of the um, original legislative changes. Growler, like, um, and uh, I think we had like two weeks to put it together. and, And it's this idea that, you know, I can control our team. We can, we can put so many hours into controlling how we're serving the beer in house and making sure that it's done right. But the moment it leaves the restaurant, I can't control that, you know, and, and a growler's, a growler's not like a growler is not shelf stable. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fascinating and exciting and now we're selling growlers to go. I love it. I mean, look, that's there like you go. any way you can bring an in income. I feel like it's completely fair game. And I guess part of that was like, Hey, so, you know, you probably got 48 hours to drink this from, blah, 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 you know, like giving yeah. them the sort of rundown growlers have always been a contentious issue. I found with breweries, like some of them love it. I know some friends who love it and I know a lot of breweries are the complete opposite because of what you just said, that they can't trust that the consumer is going to handle that beer how it's supposed to be. And if they mm-hmm. forget about the growl in the back of the fridge for a month and they open it, it's going to taste like hot garbage. Mm-hmm. It's going to you know negatively affect their brand when mm-hmm. it's, you know, consumer sort of side things, but. The ones that always stressed me out were the uh, and, and like this isn't really much of a thing anymore, but uh, like but it was until fairly, like fairly recently was the ones who would fill customers growlers 
not knowing how that like you know how like how the customer had necessarily cleaned them and, uh, oh, yeah. and like and everything just, like just kind of taking uh, like a growler that yeah. the customers brought in filling it right from the tap and giving it back to them that always stressed me out yeah it's we like and you know with our program it we don't accept outside growlers we just can't I figured. like we just I can't so it's, it has to be a beer town growler now we do have an exchange program but the way it works is you buy your glass jug nice for $4.99. We fill it up. You, t- you take it home and then you bring it back. We take the dirty one. We set it aside because yes. it's going to take us like 24 hours to clean it properly and dr- air dry it. Yeah. And then we're grabbing a fresh one and filling it and giving them that back. Right. I so like that. that's, that's, uh, the, that's the way to do it. I, I like, I, I would always trust that that's going to get it cleaned better than I can in my kitchen sink. <laughs> If anything, yeah, I used to, I worked at the beer store in like 2004 and the things that I saw in the empties, oh my goodness, it oh. was, I'm, I'm seeing like, like Corona's brought back with that much beer left and cigarettes floating in it, bringing oh, it back God. as an empty. I wash my empties and bring them back and yeah. the people, it was disgusting. So you can only imagine that, you know, some of the, the, the state of some of these growlers. So I think 499 is an extraordinarily reasonable entry point to be like, cool. I've guaranteed a clean, fresh growler every single time I get something to go from Beer Town. Yeah, I think yeah. that's very. Well, and fair. it's only it's only four ninety nine for like the glass jug. Once you bring it back, we don't charge you the four. Yeah, of course, because you're trading yeah. it out, right? It's the one. Yeah, time. you just you just pay for the beer. So then eventually, you got maybe a nice piece for the shelf. Worst yeah. case, once you finish, if you're not into growlers anymore, so yeah, totally. That's win win. Totally. Um, I've got a I, I've got a barn cat growler on my uh, like on the back of my kitchen sink with a plant in it. <laughs> oh yeah, they work the best. Growlers are sick for that. Yeah, we, we put a bunch of like dried stuff, dried uh, flowers and stuff in different growlers. They're wicked. Yeah, I I'm, yep. I'm currently using two growlers as a vase. I think like a willow bulb one, and I don't even know where the other yep. ones are. <laughs> they're kind of perfect for that, right? See, <laughs> yeah, they're valuable. Um, I was trying to come up with a funny segue, but I can't. But next beer. Yes. Collaboration oh nation time. Let's Collaboration go. nation time. I'm so excited. Okay. okay. Talk to us, Jen. Um, what are we doing? Do you want me to tell you about the like what Collaboration Nation is first? Should we just talk about the beer first? What are we thinking? Um, I think we could – I think we should talk about what it is for – actually, no, let's talk about the beer first so we can get that going, yeah. and then we can talk about right. it. But which one are we going to rock? Excuse my okay, forgetfulness. Okay, so we're going to rock – I think we're going to rock Bone Pine first. Beautiful. Um, and we're going to see how it tastes because I will say, uh, I know, Nathan, you said you had it pretty recently, but we have stopped selling it at uh, Beer Town because we've sold out of it, which is great. But this was also uh, originally conceived of in November. And I think that this one, I have can to can November 15th. was can November 15th. Nathan, now that I'm thinking about it, the batch you would have had recently at Beer Town was actually the second time we brewed it. Okay. Is so this it the would first? Have been, this is the first because we didn't can, I don't know that we canned it the second time round. Maybe uh, Sam did a small true. run of cans. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. Sawdust Side. This is Sawdust Side. Yes. Okay. So um, cool, cool, this cool. is called Bone Pine. And it was brewed at Sada City. Um, and it is part one of a two-part collab series between Sada City, Third Moon Brewery, Beer Town, 
and maybe most importantly, two beer geeks in the Kitchener-Waterloo region, Terry and Emma. Um, and I can talk okay. about them in a little bit. They actually messaged me uh, tonight because they're off to uh, Bruges and Brussels on Sunday wow. to go oh, drink wow. some beer. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so this beer is uh, a more kind of on the side of a um, New England IPA. Um, and I'm going to pour it for myself. And what it is, is it has uh, the um, malt body of bone tree, which we just had, right? So you get the nice oats and barley there. You get a lot of haze. Um, but then it has the hops, uh, the hop profile of Lone Pine. Gotcha. Okay. Which, which would be uh, Summit, Simcoe, Columbus, and Chinook. Okay, sick. I knew it was something along those lines where they would combine the 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 malt and the hops of the of the different ones, but I wasn't sure how that would look. That's super cool. Yeah. And so unlike some of our other collabs, obviously like um we played less of a part in recipe creation on this one because we already knew we were going to do one with the malt body of the one beer and one with the malt body of the other beer and swap out the hops, right? So it's right, just right, taking right. two fantastic flagship IPAs, merging them, and then sort of intentionally brewing, you know, the haze bomb at Sada City because they're so well known for their West Coasts and then brewing a West Coast at Third Moon, which we'll have in a bit because right. they're so well known for their East Coasts. Do you know what's interesting? I found that uh, like our first ever collab was with Soda Sawdust in 2018, the Get It In Ya, which was uh, this little guy right here that we did. And this was their first time they ever did a double IPA, if I'm not mistaken, or at least like a, a proper, a, a real, no, it was the largest hop injection they'd ever done. So this is actually still full, this can. I wonder what it tastes like right now. Um, the Watching them sort of change over the years and see how they sort of, like, I really feel like Sawdust, whilst what you said is completely accurate, the Sawdust West Coast, because of like Sam's origins and stuff is just exceptional. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to discount their haze, like binary system and 100%. everyday magic. I just. Everyday just magic, insane. yes. Insane. It's like they cracked the code on haze and it was just so, so sick to watch. So like, I'm super impressed with everything the Sawdust have done with New England IPAs, I feel like maybe, I don't know if they get enough props for, for, mm -hmm. for what they've been able to do there, but it's, it's just so, so good. I mean, you, obviously their West Coast is sort of insane, but yeah, definitely don't want to underrepresent their, uh, my God, look at that head for a six month old beer. Look at that. Woo. Yeah, that's great. Very that's good. crazy. Nice little yeah. foam shape. Yeah. So, oh, it smells Sawduster great. definitely one of the, like, it's one of those ones that, Ooh. Well, like, like while they, they like while they, they might not be the first one that most people talk about if you're talking about um, if you're talking about high pays in Ontario, they're definitely one of those ones. Everyone who's in the beer scene in Ontario knows and loves. Like you're not going to find anyone who doesn't like who doesn't know and love um, sawdust and all of the, no. the like the beers that we just mentioned would certainly like would certainly be on their list. Um, like certainly Lone Pine in the West, like in the West Coast category would be undeniable, but like on the, but on the Hayes side, um, like, like Juicin was one of the forerunners in Ontario mm -hmm. for that. No question. Everyday Magic 
it for like for my money is the one where like uh like she was saying where they like where they really cracked the code on that and um and like the like the binary systems on uh, like on like on the double category like 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 there's a like there's some hectic ones in there but they're so good though yeah they're they really are and uh yeah and 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 that like that that too is like when we decided to do this like we had the utmost confidence like myself Mm. terry and emma and third moon that like we were like sawdust like we all went up there but truly what is a collaboration day like you go up there the other brewery comes up you've thought of the recipe in advance but it's like the brewers on the ground doing a lot of the work that no oh, yeah system, you just sit around right? and drink like yeah that's good yeah. times <laughs> yeah you sit around and drink you te- in our case we teach our staff about beer we get them excited <laughs> about sawdust you know we maybe we add some hops <laughs> oh yeah, you have to take the photo adding the hops. Yeah, you dump the bags yeah. in. That's the it, money like, shot. Pics of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we'll yeah we remove some spent grain, but in Sada's case, like the it, it's like almost automated. So you know, um, but there was like no doubt in our minds that they were going to brew an amazing New England style IPA. So I love it. Well, yeah. on that note, may we cheers, cheers, cheers. Y'all. cheers. Honestly, a six-month IPA has <laughs> absolutely no business being this good. Yeah, it's I'm. It's I'd be a little good. worried normally. I don't even like anything after a month, and this is like. I was scared to what? send it. I was scared to send it to you to you guys because I I and it took me a while to find cans. Like that was a. It's <laughs> like, but I just thought you know. We can try it. We can be cognizant of the fact that it's six months old. We're no longer selling it. Um, and it just, it's just part of the story. And it was, uh, it was kind of how this whole two-part collaboration came together. Um, so I thought, you know, we had to at least try it and, and celebrate the can art too, which is yes. um, oh, yeah. designed Beautiful. by um, uh, Cindy Perry, our uh, director of marketing, but she's also you know, a really cool artist on the side. Uh, she's got a social handle, Ms. Misery. And um, we kind of just let her to go go to town on on both the can labels for these. Go to so, Beer Town, maybe? Go to Beer Town. Yeah. Which you I'm, should do. Um, I'm, really glad you, I'm really glad you did throw this one in. Same. Um, be, like, because... Yeah, like it, it, it's really nice to yeah, like to just kind of complete the set of this yeah. uh, um, the, like of the collabs of these two beers and um, having like having had it already twice on uh, like on tap both at sawdust and uh, like and at beer town and having loved it both times um, this is like this is despite its age still quite good the only mm-hmm. thing that I think is different since when I had it fresh is in both cases, when I had it fresh, it w- like, it was quite dank. Um, like it, de- yeah. like both in aroma and, uh, the, the, like, and on the palate, like it definitely even had like, like kind of like, like kind of the dank weed kind of like kind of aroma to it. Yeah. 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 Like, and, uh, the, like, and also just kind of that like woof of Kush as you, like, as you were kind of taking a sip too, which like, which I absolutely love. I love a dank IPA. Um, a big that has, like, like that has certainly <laughs> faded in at this point, I think, but like, my God, that was good on tap. Yeah. 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 No, uh, you put it really well. And, and like, and again, it, 
it was so fun to serve it alongside uh, Lone Pine and see how um, the same hops really played differently with the beer based on, you know, when they were being added um, and, and how much was being used. And it was a really cool educational experience for my beverage managers as well to like try and un- we did a hop rub at the brewery, you know, to try and kind of explain to them oh, nice. um, how, how it was going to taste and then to actually taste it on tap and get that dankness and that like wet foresty, like, you know, Oh, it's really, really nice. And it, it sort so of sad. lost that a little bit, but yeah. Uh, it's still holding up quite well. That's to be that's to be expected, really. It's still very enjoyable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I seen in on Untapped people checking into it like less than a week ago. <laughs> and rating it high. That's great. Well, also with this release, um, Sawdust had quite a few bottle shops reaching out to uh ask if they could buy it. And Sam, because he's Sam, reached out to me and he's like, uh I didn't think about this. Like, should, can we sell it? Like, do you guys want it to be exclusive? And I was like, no, 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 sell it, sell it to the bottle shops. Like that we're all in the business of trying to get more people to drink really great beer. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe there's a few places still selling it. Interesting. I mean, look, it also gets the beer town name out because it's on the can. So it's kind of like in your best interest for, for more people to see this beer, which I, I love. Um, you mentioned earlier about the um, uh, the collaboration nation. Maybe we should talk about that as well and what that's about because the can touches on it here. Uh, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, totally. So, you know, as we've grown, a lot of people have asked us why we don't brew our own beer or why we don't brew beer, right? Okay. Like, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're called Beer Town. We've actually even had people come into Beer Town and try and return empties, which is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like more oh, than once, more than once. <laughs> uh, but but I digress. The, the the point is, we get that question. Oh, people are funny, man. <laughs> and I'm oh like, my god. We're not a brewery. We're, we have no interest in being a brewery. We're not experts like in brewing beer. We are experts in be, in in hospitality and making people feel special and serving them great food. You know, and you and part of that I will say is I have personally accepted empties. You know? Okay. In one instance, uh, bless her heart, she must have been like ninety years old, and she mm. shuffled up and handed them to me and. I just got money from my wallet and gave it to her and (laughs) took the empties and. Oh, you're a sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because we can return them. And then I actually paid myself back because I realized, Oh, I'll just put these empties into our beer store. Empties bin. And And then. Great. Yeah. Bang. Take what you you Please don't show up with empties. No, please, please don't go to Beer Town with empties. Guys. Beer Town is a restaurant and a bar. Or a restaurant. You go to the We're a restaurant and a bar. And the point is, is we're not a brewery. So no, we're not going to just make a beer and slap our name on it and not say anything about the brewery or where it was brewed or do a contract brew. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and so what is Collaboration Nation? It's it's about uh, being able to partner with breweries. It's about the beer community. It's about the friendships we've forged um, and acknowledging really 
the fine folks in the province that continue to push the boundaries and brew great beer. And it's an opportunity, um, I spoke about the educational element earlier, to take key team members, hit the road, and go and do a collab. And that starts from talking to uh, the brewery about, you know, what kind of style we're thinking of brewing, talking about recipe development a little bit, but, but putting our faith in, in, uh, in the team there to, to come up with something that's going to really make sense and, and sell well at Beertown, but also speak to the brewery and their brand. Um, and then showcase those brewery spaces and how beer is brewed to my team um, and do it in a way that really uh, pays homage and respect and service to the brewery itself, right? Mm. Like, yeah, our um, Beer Town label is on here, but like, you know, so is Third Moon and Sawdust City and, and that, you know, they were yeah. the ones that put all the, the work into this and, and, and we're just really lucky to be able to be a part of it. So cool. It's just so thoughtful. And this is just, I was just thinking, as you were saying, just every single part of this uh, conversation and what we're doing tonight is just so thoughtful. And uh, this just feels on brand for what you're doing. I love that a lot. How many collabs have you guys done? Was it, is it the two? Oh yeah. No, we've, uh, so we've done, um, okay. I'll just, I'll list a few. Please. please. Um, So we did uh, double town with town brewery because oh, it's oh, nice. town of town love you Jeff. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um we also did another collab with town brewery which was called moments of truth which is goes back to yeah, you know yeah. what i was chatting about earlier um i know you recently spoke with uh, justin from storm state we've done we did a collab with justin uh the soleil awesome. sorbet kettle sour which is basically Ooh. Um, nice. a fruited kettle sour but without lactose because a lot of his kettle sours are with lactose for, yes. um, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to do one that uh i think we put multidextrin in it instead um but we wanted to do one that d- didn't have lactose because we have a big vegan crowd at beer town um we've uh collaborated with great lakes uh we did uh a american pale ale with sabro hops with nice. sabro hops were like a little, the, you know, people thing. were using them the year before last. I don't know, before the pandemic. I think they still fire. Yeah, yeah. And we did Chefs another collab with Sawdust. And we did, it was a wet hop collab. So we went and picked oh, that's hops nice at right VQH Farms, which was great for the staff. So, cool. yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so so I, I, like, I, I go wild for... Yeah, the see, wet see, hop king. See, see, see is laughing because, oh, like, no. like, like because I all nobody I loves wet hops for, for for wet hop beers like, like every single fall and sawdust that made, so like much. made some of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Uh, like harvest of Eden, I like I would kill for that beer, and I like and I keep spamming them on social media every like every fall. Like, could you please brew harvest of Eden again? <laughs> We so we, so we uh, did harvest of Eden with them, right? Yeah, I, I figured that must have been what you yeah. were talking about. Yeah, That's amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wet hop pilsner. Um, oh, it was, uh, I love it. Was it. Was I love really it. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why I find it so funny. <laughs> have you ever done them more than once, Jen? Um, like brewed the same beer again? Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, one of the challenges uh, for me with these collabs is just like, again, not to talk too much about logistics, but it's the logistics because what we've done is we have a tap dedicated to the collaboration nation series at all the beer towns. So I have to like try to work to figure out like with the brewery, 
yeah, the ne- when the next one's coming, what's um, this, like, how big of a batch are we doing? Are we doing a double batch? How quickly is it going to sell through? So the sell through rate lines up with uh, just past when we're first brewing the other club, blah, 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 blah. Um, so once in a while, we will uh, brew a beer again. We'll bring it back by popular demand to A, act as like a stopgap uh, for addressing that logistical challenge, but B, just because guests are asking for it. So actually, right. we're serving Soleil Sorbet Kettle Sour at Beer Town for Mother's Day. Um, and uh, that that collab from Stormstayed we launched last year or the year before last. So Justin actually just brought it back. And then that's also a really great way to throw him a bone to be like, I can commit to a, a good amount of volume. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is exactly, it's exactly it. Uh, you had to, cause there's so many bones. There's bones and <laughs> lone trees <laughs> and lone pines and bone pines and, Sorry for throwing there you ha- No, that, it, uh, well, I was just thinking there has to be, um, there's, there's a couple combinations we didn't do. So if the staff the- really want to, you know, try and just freak out at me, we might do it. What's the, uh, the infinity stones? You need to complete the glove thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. What's the other combination? Low. What is the other combination? Oh, um, lone pine, bone tree, lone tree, bone pine. Well, uh, I, I mean, the, 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 those are the combos. If you keep the name in the same, like if you keep the in words the in the same order, order. The, like, the, yeah. the only other way to, like to do would be if you were to do like pine tree and lone bone. <laughs> That's exactly it. Lone bone. Yeah. Right. I feel like it'd be rude not to, because I actually like looking at these. I'm gonna wash these cans and put them on the shelf because I think it's cool as shit that we got all f- four of them, like to represent. That. I just think it's like I don't know. I like marketing. We have I own a marketing agency. I think it's like the genius. So like if you can do the lone, what did you just say, Nate? Lone bone and pine tree. Pine tree and lone bone. Oh, pine tree is is like it, that writes itself. Yeah. Obviously, that's the West yeah. Coast, and lone bone yeah. is the 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 haze. The haze. Yeah. 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 Those names too. were thrown around, I will say. Like okay. we, so and um before we go to try the next one, I just do want to take a second to shout out to Terry and Emma. Yes, um, I saw that on the These camera. are two yeah, these are two uh loyal beer geeks in Kitchener Waterloo region that like just simply drink great beer and they don't have kids. They spend a lot of their spare time just like going to all the beer events in Ontario, traveling abroad, drinking beer. They don't really have a social following online because they don't care about that. They just want good beer. Right. And um, they've been coming, like I've seen them at so many events. They've been coming to Beer Town Waterloo almost since its inception. And so actually a few years ago, they were about to check in their 1,000th check-in of Lone Pine on Untapped. So um, I contacted Sam at Sawdust Brewery and we threw them a little party at Beer Town Waterloo. And then we actually, they did a canning run and stamped their names on the bottom of the can saying like Terry and Emma. And so the reason I bring them up is because um, when we launched Bone Tree on tap full time at Beer Town, Terry and Emma were like the first over there to have their regular Lone Pine and their Bone Tree because they had fallen in love with Third Moon throughout the pandemic. 
And then they posted, like, who do we need to talk to to merge these two beers? And I saw that and I was like, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. And I replied to Terry and then Bebo uh, popped in and replied. And then the next day I I called the breweries and made it happen. Yeah. I love that. that. So cool. Organic from the community who actually consumes the beer a thousand times, which is unheard of like that is so deeply spectacular in a world of the ticker culture that nate and i've we've talked about this a bunch on the podcast and and outside it mm-hmm. where everyone wants the newest thing but they've gone and gone for the tried and true thing a thousand times i don't know if i've ever drank anything i don't know 10 times <laughs> like i know i know i have but you know what i'm saying nobody's drank anything a thousand times except terry Demick, obviously that is it, so yeah. cool good for them exactly they yeah, deserve the props I- man I messaged them today to ask what their check-in was for Bone Tree, and they said it's around 100, so it's a lot less. But Bone so Tree cool. hasn't been around for that long. And that's more yeah. than I've had it. Like, <laughs> I That's just, a lot. This... That's a lot. I mean, I, I mean, Third Moon is celebrating their third anniversary. So to have 100 of the same beer in, in, like in three years, that uh, like, like, and especially in 2023, that's, that's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. genuinely impressive and 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 it's cool and i i think it's like uh it's almost cooler to talk about that in the context of that ticker sort of thing where everyone wants the newest thing where nay and i've kind of talked about it a bunch lately when we did that west coast um episode we were talking about something like lone prime like what you know this is just available it's just there it's in the lcbo and it's fucking insane it's exceptional beer and you should be we all should be drinking it more often whereas everyone's always when i say everyone a lot of the craft beer community the nerds and such are always trying to worry about that next new thing and, and so on and so forth so it's very very cool to hear of people who are sort of like wearing that on their their sleeves that they're um no no i've drank bone tree a hundred times i'll drink one pint a thousand times like that's amazing a hundred percent and we're all in the interest of i like to think like seeing you know the dial move a little bit in terms of market share for craft breweries and you have to to wonder what their bread and butter is right like you know i i want to when i go to the lco once in a while i do pick up lone pine because yeah i have some other great stuff in my fridge but uh i want them to to keep selling the shit out of it yeah so they can do the fun experimental stuff I couldn't agree more. And it's and that's the balance though. It's getting the yeah. fun new stuff like like today a lot of the launch the the, the anniversary beers went on sale and you're able to go and yeah. get them. But don't forget that you can get Bone Tree at Beer Town everywhere and you can typically get the cans from most uh cool retailers, you know, almost exactly. year round. And yeah. it's that was just such a I, I, like once again I'm crazy for not having it beforehand. I really thought I had, but you know, here we are. <laughs> and it's it's exceptional it's crazy it's just this is it's just such phenomenal beer that uh we're so so lucky to have this on our you know our back door type of thing yeah yeah in, uh, in canada so with that shall we move to the fourth beer to complete the current series until we do those two new ones i think so <laughs> i love it this is like um, really, really good. I can't believe that a six-month-old IPA is this. I would never 
in my life think a six month old IPA could hold up this well. I'm not, I'm not just saying it cause we're on, on the air. Like this is actually like extraordinarily drinkable and typically yeah. it never is. No, I, I, yeah. I'm actually, as I said, I was really nervous and, uh, <laughs> but you, you quantified it. So we were okay. And that's all that. Yeah. Matter. And yeah, I would actually finish if I'd love to, moving on, I'd, I, finish I'd love to see this one brewed again because it is so good fresh. I'd I, I like I I would order that again in a heartbeat. Yeah, I and and no doubt I I think we will. Like don't quote me here because of course there's there's other breweries and partners that we have lined up. Of course. Um you know we 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 may do a few international collabs. I really like keeping it close to home. Um but I think the thing is is the recipes there um and uh and and we have we do have guests coming in and asking for it so we'll probably we'll probably do it again we also have our rotational taps so you know we can run our collab and then put a collab on the rotational taps no problem that's what we're doing this weekend with soleil oh i love it we can talk about that uh after as well i think we should definitely talk about that um so this beer if we may let the folks know this is lone tree the Mm -hmm. third moon sawdust city and beer town side so this is brewed from third moon a west coast ipa uh which is always fun to see third moon who are obviously uh extraordinarily well known for the haze um come through the west coast which they are known to do from time to time you know they they've dropped it's not like this is not the first but uh it's not like it's a common occurrence which makes this all the more exciting uh to be fair a hundred percent and like bone pine um we've really the both breweries decided to kind of stick to um the same way of doing the recipe where in this case because it's more of a west coast they basically did the malt body of lone pine um and then we use the hot bill of bone bone tree tree. so this is just all citra yo that is an all citra west coast yeah that's I I uh, did struggle at first with like whether we were going to call them West Coasts, East Coasts, but I think it's fair you know too. That? I would I've uh, who Nate, you could probably uh, say this better than me, but I'm pretty sure that say a bunch of pod uh, breweries we've had on the pod, including Troy from Badlands, would say that like IPAs are now. If you say the word IPA, it means New England, so you do have to typically specify if an IPA is a West coast, because people would get it if they didn't know and be like, the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, definitely. Based on the, the, the uh, uh, people you were talking about before, Jen, where, you know, folks who don't even know that this exists, that were drinking Lone Pie. I'm like, Hey, what's, what's this all about type of thing? Exactly. And then also I think like the added layer of it coming from third moon, it's like, it's trippy, you know, yeah. yeah, super, super trippy. It's like um yeah like like why the hell can I see through this third movie yes. here? What is yeah. happening? What's the um what's that group on Facebook, Nate? What's it called again? Uh, the Canadian Craft Beer Society. Yeah, so those men's out there, uh, Bebo was saying like they have essentially like a, it's like they those are kind of more the gateway Facebook group. Are you familiar with them, Jen? That group? Yes, yes, yep. I am. I, so I think like, I'm on the group, but I don't, I don't pipe in that often. Oh, neither do I. Yeah. That, just to that, watch that, that, that's the same with us <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you just you just do your thing you just tape a watch but those individuals who are uh often a lot of sort of like um just newbies you know gateway people who are discovering it's like third moon has 
like found their way into that world somehow, some way. And they've become like, it's almost like that's part of the reason. I mean, they were already had because they had the homebrew thing beforehand. Like, and Bebo was doing, he did that collab. He won the contest. He did the collab being yeah. with Great Lakes, um, yeah. which is super dope. But people have discovered them through that group. So there's this whole sort of like maybe less be a nerdy folks who are like in the typical way who are maybe newer to it and sort of discovered Third Moon through that. And that sort of changed the demographic of sort of who they are, which actually blessing and a curse i imagine but yeah it's allowed I mean, them to be, sort of expand a little it has it, it's had its benefits that group also has a lot of problems as we've like as, as we've also discussed like they like yeah. that that group can be incredibly fickle and can uh, mm. like and can turn on a lot of breweries in a, like in kind of really not cool ways which we don't you really need to get into here but it, but i mean it's the same thing uh, like we were talking about before with ticker culture and all that and all like and all of the negativity that that can sometimes bring that group also does like does have its elements of as well but it, you know it, 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 the, these kind of things come with uh any kind of um Hyper any kind of like, like, like publicly amassing like like kind of single focus type thing <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. And I actually, now that I think about it, I do remember early on when third moon opened, seeing somebody post in that group about third moon and thinking that was sort of a regular. And then mm. when we obviously first, when they opened, like we, there was no way we were going to pour stuff on tap from them. They were still figuring out like production. It was during the pandemic. Um, but I brought in cans of their product for like our, rotational bottle lists and i think somebody posted in that group about picking up product from us uh that was third moon and i thought oh that's that's interesting Hmm. yeah so i mean that's where they i get it i feel like it's a sometimes when you sort of expose like maybe there's people who don't understand what you're doing and maybe then they get a little bit critical but they don't really get yeah. what it is and that you know but then also that exposes the brand to so many more people which therefore grows the business so it's sort of like a two-pronged sword type of thing but you know they 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 take it in stride and and they really try to they're just such humble dude like you said earlier like they're such cool guys who are they were massive have you ever seen chris's uh basement so I've, i haven't seen it in person but i've seen like pictures and uh I think I, I don't know where I saw pictures from, but it was before I met him and I was like, okay, we're going to get along. That's insane. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's we, did a, we did a five hour podcast in 2020 with them. And Chris at the very end of the podcast for maybe an hour and a half, he was just running the show and he was giving us uh, like, he was probably had his on his phone and he was showing the whole thing. Like the whole ceiling was chicken wire and bottles just- every corner of this place was it was just the most insane thing i've ever seen in my life i've never been there but and i think he's in hamilton too so i gotta fucking holler at him but it was just so crazy and they're just such like dudes who are in the trading scene which is what you were talking about earlier yourself when you sort of got into that i personally never got i only ever trade with mates like which made it a bit easier, but because uh, I've heard some horror stories, but that's how you obviously get the, the best stuff. So those guys were really just in the scene and they just love beer. And it's just, I think it's probably helped them sort of get a little bit further because they've been 
on the drinker side for so long and and just being just trading with people and going to different places and trying beer so when it comes to their own stuff they're not like snobby about it or pretentious about it they're just like look this is the beer we want to drink we're going to make this the best we can whatever style it may be and we want everyone to drink it because it's good stuff um which is very very cool and obviously it's evident through the the lineup we've gone through tonight um and the fact that they're I just think it's so it's it's almost like just so forward thinking working with someone like Beard Town. That's what I thought. I was like the average. Yes. I don't want to say it, but the, the hype pretentious brewery, which there isn't even that many. But I'm just trying to paint the picture of the type of brewery that we're talking about. Maybe wouldn't be as inclined to be so chill to just like try to appeal to a gateway crowd. A hundred percent. Like, so I, and I've. I've experienced that, uh, approaching some breweries and like by the same token, that's not to throw any, throw that mentality under the bus because it exists for mm -hmm. a reason. Like, Facts. you know, I, I, I've seen some horror draft beer systems out there. Like I once went to, to a space that didn't really serve a lot of craft beer, but they were using pop gas to push their beer through the lines, which is just oh. like. That's unheard of right okay it's it's completely unheard of it's like you're filling your keg with oxygen that's not going to be great for the beer um no, you know no. and 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 uh so i think like uh you know breweries especially smaller ones that are just so in the scene and just want to brew good beer have kind of been burned in the past and so it would you know to to work with a concept that's larger where there's more shit that can go wrong. It's sometimes yeah. you want to protect that. Right. Yeah. Um, and you need to, it's, yeah. it's really important to do that. Cause not all of the do. So that's, but I guess they must've obviously clearly it's so obvious that people have been listening for the last, where are we at hour and 52 minutes that, you know, <laughs> obviously you are a very passionate craft beer enthusiast and and that's been extraordinarily clear through every through your history in beer and your venue ownership um which is super dope because uh, i can speak to experience the apk was so fire some of my favorite shows of my life have always been in london crowds were so fire they always bought the most merch they responded so well to the music and the beer was killer and it was just such a great venue so i'm very happy to hear that was your brainchild it made me I was really hoping when you were talking, I was like, don't tell me it's APK. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, but I want to wait till you said it. I was like, okay, amazing. Um, and, you know, that you've been, that you're so passionate about this stuff that, you know, they would have had, they would have seen that in the brand, in what Beer Town represents and being able to be like, you know what, this makes sense for us to be able to tap into a larger crowd because people do often forget that craft beer at the end of the day is a business. And it does yeah. need to attract more people to be successful for longevity. And, and, you know, these guys saw it. And if it's almost like third moon are the, like uh, the cosign to be like, Hey, you know, these guys know what's up, man. Like if anyone else of our ilk wants to get in on this, like I'm telling you, this is, this is, these guys know this shit. So I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And, and it's like, the thing is, is though we, we will make mistakes. We sometimes do, but like, you know, kudos to third moon for wanting to take that risk, you know? And, uh, I, I don't want to call it a risk. Right. But the, but just like, you know, having your beer in that many spaces and, and, and knowing that we're going to take care of it and, and, and wanting to, you know, let us put down a big, crazy IPA 
in front of somebody who's maybe never had an IPA before, which we try not to do. You know, we teach our team to uh, how to sell beer and how to recommend beers. But uh, sometimes people just order Bone Tree and they drink Bone Tree and it's their first experience with a with a hazy New England IPA. So you can't well, really go you know what there. if you're gonna like if you're gonna choose a hazy IPA to uh, like to have first, like you could do a lot worse. Could not agree. hundred percent. <laughs> and with that, can we cheers, guys? Yeah, cheers. I was just gonna say, uh, like, I'm desperate tree. to take a sip here. I'm so sorry, we're cheers. yapping. Cheers. This is fascinating. This has been such a fascinating ride tonight. This is yep. glorious. It's so uh, I was thinking. Yeah, uh, please. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You are not cutting me off. All right. Yeah, I was thinking like so. It's like so. This is my second time having this one now, and I remember like thinking like I was fascinated to think like a West Coast all citra because that's not that's not typical with most no. uh, West Coast. You know, you're but, thinking. Oh. You, like, like you're thinking classic sea hop kind of thing, you know. You're mm-hmm. like, like you're thinking Columbus, you're thinking Chinook, you're thinking um, Cascade, and uh, like and whatnot. Citra, you're generally thinking a haze bomb, um, but like, it, like it, in my mind, kind of like maybe like citra is definitely uh, like is definitely contributing a lot but i feel like this is one of those things that reminds you that the malt bill really influences quite a lot of what uh, like of what turns into the final product and especially in a west coast um like the malt uh, like the work that the malt does is not to be forgotten no. um it like in kind of what makes the difference in these styles a hundred percent it like and and just to that point, like to go back to the education piece, it it was a it really it really helped to solidify in a lot of our bartender and and, and front of house team members' minds, like that that key difference in what malt is being chosen oftentimes for a West Coast IPA and how a brewer selects a malt bill and that it's not just one type of of malt. Um, so we we did a lot of tastings where we'd like pour them side by side. So, you know, I've got uh, both the West Coast here and, you know, there's a slight color variation, but like really not mm-hmm. that much. You can see through it. Um, and you're just getting all those like classic kind of like caramelly, yummy little notes to it um, that yep. that remind me of yeah. the olden days. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it is, right? Like it's a, it's... It's interesting. So have you personally, uh, Jen, have you, did you ever sort of like slip off the West coast train at all? Were you kind of like always like, this is, this is my thing the whole time. Oh, like, uh, when hazy sort of became a thing in Ontario. Yep. Exactly. Oh, a hundred percent. I slipped off. So, so, did, so did I. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we all, yeah. I'm sure we all did. Like, I remember having Hetty Topper for the first time and that blowing my mind, like, and, uh, um, and then seeing more and more of like, like speaking of Bronin, for example, um, like when we opened Beertown Burlington, Bronin was one of the few from High Road was one of the few sort of like more hazy type of IPAs that was being brewed pretty regularly in that region. Um, and just remember it being like a kind of a game changer for me 
um, in terms of what an IPA could be. Mm. Um, you know, at, like obviously we're paying homage to West Coast IPAs, but like the thing that I always loved about beer was its adaptability. Um, and, and therefore like diversity of flavors and aromas that you could get from it. And, and, uh, you know, the fact that, um, there aren't as many rules in place, right. It's just like, sure. We've got the BJCP, we've got, we've got sets of style guidelines, but people are constantly breaking the rules and and trying new things. Um, and, uh, and so anytime there's something new, even if it's like, maybe there's not a perfect place for it in the beer world just yet, I can get behind that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's It's been like such a, f- like, I feel like West Coast came back for us within the last couple of years. Like it was like a, hey, I remember like 2016, 2017, it was like all about searching for haze because no one was really doing it up here and it was having to go to the States. And then now in like late 2017, 2018, everyone was doing it and we were trying to find the best stuff. And I feel like, you know, that kind of, I don't know if it necessarily got exhausted, but it just sort of West Coast broke it up again. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, I was living in Montreal, uh, Nate's in Ottawa, which is right on the border anyway. Sankey and Baron, who is uh, a phenomenal brewery in uh, Elma, Quebec, they do some of the best West Coasts I could say probably I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And, um, excuse me, they probably turned, I don't know about you, Nate, but I'd say turned it back onto West Coast. I was literally just thinking the same thing is that they yeah. were probably the, shirt, the ones that right really around. got me back on that train. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I would say realize. the same for me. <laughs> oh yeah. You had some Sankey M stuff yeah. and yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. there you go. They're the goats. I mean, they just, uh, their anniversary is the same day as, um, as third moon. Third moon. Um, third moon did a collab with them, right? Yeah. They do a collab every they, year. They, they, they they've done both year. of them do a collab, do a collab every together year. every year for their So this year is called parallel. So they did parallel, yeah. Yep. And this year, BOS did a collab with Sankiem. We did a collab oh. called Straya, which is from from Australia. So it's called Straya. It's an XPA, an Australian extra pale ale, cool. which is of their West Coast style because we chose yeah. to make it a West Coast style because that's what Dimitri does exceptionally well with using well, all Aussie yeah. hops. Yeah. Um, and West Coast, it's just like it's something that's like. We found ourselves, when I say we, Nate, Nate and I, and it sounds like, uh, Jen, you're exactly like us. We found ourselves over the last maybe, you know, 12 to 24 months, just, you know, you're having the average night drinking and m- normally you might have a crispy and then have a couple of different haze or whatever. But you, we found ourselves just reaching for a, a West Coast IPA more and more often once we started to discover like what they could be. And the fact that Sankiem have... 12, 15 different, maybe I'm boosting, but a significant number of SKUs that are all very different that they bring back that are just so, you know, from 5% from like Juniper to up to like, you know, Sitka, the 8% type of thing and, and named after the different trees. And it was just so like, wow, like this is what this style could be. And it took sort of that and then, you know, rediscover Lone Pine and, um, uh, Nate, please remind me what the other ones for Ontario we were doing. Um, I don't know why I'm having a blank. Probably. Um, did you? Oh, Mad Tom? What was? Bone Shaker? Uh, it wasn't Bone Mad Shaker. Tom, but, yep. but that one was, but that one was, in, a, like, was in along the conversation of, uh, the, the, like of Lone Pine along being one of the, mm. one of the more accessible ones in, uh, um, in Ontario. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank on what the other, 
uh, like on what the other Ontario West Coast one, but like if I'm thinking of another one that I had recently, like um, Bellwoods Pig that they they put out recently, that like like that one's a beaut. Yeah, and and third moon last two years ago, I think it was Conjuration 13. They did do a Conjuration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it was 13. Don't quote me on that. But it was like around skiing season, I cross-country ski. And so I like, so I take my beers out, you know, I ski my 10 kilometers, I crack a beer. Um, but I just also like, I think you raise a really good point in that there is sort of, it's not just like these breweries are making West coast IPAs like they used to be. There has been sort of a slight, uh, change and like a massive exploration of what they can be. Um, and a fine tuning yep. of of certain recipes that's gotten mm. me really excited about West Coast again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are correct, by the way, Jen. It's number thirteen is a, a double was an eight percent uh, West yeah. Coast IPA. Well but, done, yeah. great memory. There you go. So good. But it has got excited. Go. I just feel like West Coast are like, whilst there's an element of education that's required to maybe some of the newbies who've never experienced it. I feel like for us, I would argue it's nostalgia. Like it's coming mm-hmm. back. I got into beer properly in 2011, so I wasn't as early as yourself. Um, but that's what we came out. I remember being there when Mad Tom came out and, you know, yeah. the early Flying Monkey stuff was crazy. And um, oh. there was some Trafalgar stuff and and um, Great Lakes and all these different breweries that in Ontario and Sawdust, of course, and Lone Pine and blah, blah, blah. All these different things were Nickel killer. Nickelbrook was another, like Nickelbrook Nickel was Brook another one that I had to around that time. Yeah. That's what it was, like, mate. Would really it was Headstock. Uh, headstock. We drank Headstock. Yeah, headstock, yeah. Headstock is fucking bomb. That was the one on it's the podcast so that you were thinking good. of. It's exceptional. They would be yeah. so happy to hear that too. I'm going to say that to John when I see him uh, next week. Where yeah. it's exceptional, taking the chefs up to their Etobicoke facility, and he's always yes. pushing me on his IPA. And I'm like, yeah, you you brew some good IPAs. Headstock's great. Uh, I love so. Nickel Brook. Oh yeah. yeah, I will never forget being. Oh, at, and yes, and like. One of my, like, literally one of my top five favorite beers of the last two years, uh, like, while we're talking, like, while we're on the West Coast train, Fairweather California King. Yeah. California King. Oh, that's money. I love so that one so good. much. It's so good. I think I listed that. Yeah. I did like a little blog post, and it was that. Uh, I w- like when it came out, I was just drinking it by the droves. It's beautiful. Isn't yeah. It? Same. Yeah. Really well done. Same. Yeah. So yeah. when they do come out, like we just really appreciate it. And I feel like maybe they just need a little more attention. And it's, you know, venues like Beer Town that can give that attention to it. You know, whether it's drawing attention to West Coast through Lone Pine, through collabs, like this particular Lone Tree one, which is exceptional, by the way. The more I'm drinking this, I'm like, it's, it's nice. It's money. Like there's so much. Um, I think it's kind of important to whether it's teaching the the Gen Z folks who maybe have only come in off haze and stuff about what West Coast could be or just sort of, you know, reminding people like, hey, like this exists and this is, you know, this is fantastic. Whether it's Lime Pine or Headstock or, or things like that that are regularly available. I don't know. I feel like it's sort of a, it rounds your palate out a little bit and it sort of breaks it up. You know, if it, we're all haze obsessed, which it seems like that's the, predominant mindset from everybody and there's nothing wrong with that because i love my fridge is full of haze it is you know i'm always stressed about it because them shits die and it is what it is but 
the West Coast breaks it up. And I feel like it's just so nice. It's just really, really nice to be able to have a great, like nice piney, citrusy, pithy West Coast IPA that just hits the spot in a totally different way. And you're just like, oh, wow, like this is what, you know, for us, this is how it used to be. And for newer folks, like, oh, this is a total different thing. And this is why people say, I don't like IPAs because they're bitter. Yeah, this is bitter. This is the one you don't like, not that the chicken soup one. But there's something to, this is almost like a little more nuanced. Like, I feel like this is more, not elevated, uh, advanced. Um Funnily enough, like it, 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 it kind of, it kind is of it? now is. It feels like we've it sort is, of right? come because it shouldn't be. Circle. It yeah. shouldn't be, but yeah, I mean, like w- with our Gen Z younger staff, like you know, I, I'm finding sometimes it's you know having them drink more of the hazy stuff first, and then slowly moving them over to the West Coast, and then contextualizing the history of IPAs. Does that right? help? Uh. I like to think it does because I, you know, I think talking about the history of beer and where we started and where we are uh, gives it this sense of like importance. And I really encourage the team to not just think about like pouring a beer, but thinking about like what it means to do that. Mm. Um, and you can approach that at a lot of different angles. And and um, yeah, I mean, like I always talk to the the team about you know when home brewing was legalized in 1979 because I try to. Sh- show them how new the scene is in a way, mm. right? Like, and how much it's changed in that short period of time and how they get to be a part of that. They get to mm. be a part of that change. Uh, so yeah, I'd say it's important, but. You're like a, really cool. a beer evangelist, Jen. Like this is like, it's like, <laughs> it's really important what you're doing. Like schooling the, the other, the new generation on what this well, means. Like, I didn't know that about the, home brewing thing in 79 that's crazy yeah that was in the states yeah, so that's uh that yeah that was in the states but still, um, who was in what president i don't know he signed the, the order would have been nixon or reagan or one of those cats. yeah i really should know yeah i uh, think you're right but but the point is is that's what i think kick-started like home brewing and people getting back into you know and uh, what am i to say like i'm not a beer historian by any means but that's how i've always thought about the American craft beer revolution. And then that mm. obviously influenced us here. So, uh, yeah. And it's, it's not just me. It's our, it's our whole team. Um, and like, and, and the people behind the scenes that like allow me to kind of move the beer training in a direction that, that talks to these points. Um, because we know as, as we grow, if we want to continue to serve good beer, we have to do that. We have a responsibility to do that. Mm. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. This is great. Um, Is there anything else we wanted to touch on? Because that was like such a, like a nice poignant kind of like wrapping up vibe right there. But was there anything else we wanted to make sure that we went through um, this evening, folks? I have one question that should have, that that should have a really quick answer. Um, How often do you guys end up serving the beer Mageddon Paddletron 3000, the, 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 the 35 ounce floats? A good question. Uh, Stupidly often. Really? Really? Yeah, I would say um, like, especially say like beer town, new market, which is technically in East Gillenbury. Um, Second weekend we were opening on a Friday night. We've served six of them in one night. Which is a lot. Wow. 
So that's just to reiterate, that's 35 ounce pours in one paddle for $94 uh, with a minimum of four people because I imagine there's some legalities in there. That's 30 30 pours. 30 pours. I imagine that would be what, like a probably five, like 10 minute job to pour each paddle. Um, so we actually have a running record across the beer towns because Ooh. I'm always trying to like Guinness world record. Okay. Improve drink time. So the Let's current go. record is, uh, two minutes Ooh. and That's not what it's closer to three minutes. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right. But, but, you know, I don't want to build that expectation in everyone's minds for all the listeners. Like if you come in, let your server know in advance. You're thinking of getting a beer, Mageddon Paddletron. The bartenders will start to get it ready and then the server will bring it in. And yeah, you'll have it in like seven minutes. That's not bad. Yeah. Should that be the podcast? Wow, that's really fast. That should be and the podcast. To, like, to just, and to, to just do some quick maths for everyone, that's seven and a half 20 ounce pints. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. poured individually, which takes longer because you got to clean every individual five no, ounce I, glass. I absolutely. And then, yes. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, we're just and, talking in terms of total volume, not in like not yes, in total terms volume. of pour time, and, <laughs> which is uh, a lot of volume. Is, it's a lot of volume, and actually, our sampler glasses are seven ounces. We, Ooh. but we don't. All of our our serving sizes are listed two ounces less than the top of the glass because we don't so the, charge for the head unless it's like a Belgian, like say it's like a you know, a La Trap and there's a pour line. So the glass might be larger, but it's an 8.5 ounce pour line. So we list 8.5 ounces. So, gotcha. you know, depending on who's pouring that night, it would be a little bit more. I love it. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Also the name, I almost feel like the name of the podcast could be, uh, uh, be and Pedal Tron 3000. That was a guest contest too. So a really? guest, uh, guest submitted that. Yeah. The ridiculousness <laughs> is very, very appealing. I love ridiculousness because beer, we're just getting drunk, man. Like, why do we have to take yeah. it so seriously? You know, like, that's like just it. It's an art, it's a science, but it's ridiculous too because, you know, here we are. Yeah. I, I love it. I just feel like, honestly, Jen, thank you so much for everything, no, for your thank time. You. And you've, you've so thoughtful. I just, I, I know I said that to you off air, but I just want to say it on air. I just think it's, you're just so thoughtful with the, approach to this episode with the curation of the beer with providing the menu so we can get some context and the beautiful glass. I just, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. You're just such a passionate person in craft beer. And I feel like the industry needs more people like you. This is, this is, you are the type of individual who are pushing this thing forward and uh, you're very selfless about it and you just give a shit about beer. So thank you for everything you're doing for craft beer in Ontario and beyond. Thank you. And thanks to both of you uh, for for doing things like this, um, giving me content to digest and listen to in my spare time. Um, And also for pushing, pushing the industry forward and, uh, and to all the amazing breweries out there, because it's honestly a privilege to be able to work with them. Shouts to y'all, man. This is, this has been phenomenal. I knew this was going to be super interesting. Uh, I didn't think it'd be this much fun. So this is, this is amazing. You're, you're, you're a gem. Um, Let's wrap this up. Stick around um, afterwards and we'll, we'll finish up uh, offline. But where can everybody find Beer Town online? And maybe oh. in person if there's a way, the best way for them to sort of figure out where their nearest Beer Town location is. Yeah, totally. So our uh, URL is really simple. It's beertown.ca. So you can go to beertown.ca. Um, there's, uh, there's a 
a tab that says location. So you can find out uh, where we're located, all the different cities we're in. We're in 10 cities at this point, That's just uh, spread throughout Southwestern Ontario. That's just it. So, you know, we stuck, we're, we're close to home. Um, and then even on there, you could see our live lists. Uh, we've partnered with on tap. So you can see like, if you're more into like, you know, you know, the scene, you know, the beers and you just want to see what we're pouring on our rotational taps. Um, there's like a, a live update from Untapped every every morning. You can check it out. Hell yeah, I love it. And yeah. is it there, there on Instagram and Facebook? Like, is it just at? I think it was at Beer Town Public House. Yeah, it's at Beer Town hmm. uh, PH, I believe for for Instagram. Um, Facebook, we actually have uh, different accounts for all the different beer towns. Or maybe it's changed to Public House. I really should know that. I found one here that's Beer Town like, Public. Uh, look on Instagram. Looks like Beer Town Public. Beer Town yeah. Public. You are correct. We did change yes. it a few years ago. So it's Beer Town Public. Which is perfect because I was tagging that yeah. the whole time when I was posting. I was doing like stories as we were drinking and I was like, fuck, I hope that's right. Uh, <laughs> I didn't check beforehand. But yes. That's okay. Um, I should have told you. I should have done my no, research. It's I, my fault. I, I'm like Please. constantly on the account, you know, working with our social team if something gets, you know, posted or I think we need to like change verbiage. So you'd no. think I'd know. But. This is great. Uh, do you want anyone to follow you personally or are you happy for Beer Town? I am happy for Beer Town. I, you know, if people want to follow me, they can. It's a it's a weird handle though. I don't really spend a lot of time on there. So, you know, Beer Town's the the front runner, but if anybody ever has questions and they want a personal contact, they can they can reach out. I'm an open book. What's your handle? Oh you my god, that's going to be the it's Wenawaria. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's a word right there. It's a word. It's a word. It'll be changing. Uh, but yeah, W-E-N-N-E-U-E-R-E-I-A, because when I made it, I did not intend to uh, to use it publicly. And, you know, then things but evolved. So. Now you're here. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Jen. So stick around. Nathaniel, my friend, where can everyone find you online, though? Uh, everywhere it's at Nathan does beer and right here, co-hosting BAOS podcast and, uh, Jen to echo everything C said, um, thanks so much for, like, for coming on. This has really been a genuine pleasure and, uh, uh, like, like it was great to learn more about what goes on behind the scenes, um, at beer town and the amount of work that goes into kind of curating the beer and restaurant experience was, uh, like was really something special to like to learn about and it was great to chat about so thank you thank you i love it um guys we'll hang out after but everybody i really hope you enjoyed this one this was fascinating i hope you learned a lot and i hope if you are in the glorious province of ontario that you're able to visit a beer town location soon um thank you jen you are wonderful nathaniel as always you're a g guys thank you for watching and listening if you enjoyed the episode smash the thumbs up hit subscribe below and hit the notification bell nathan Ding. So you know when the new new drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcasts, every single social platform online. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. Now we are back in action. We are here in Canada. We are dropping every week. God damn it. We're not taking any time off. This summer's about to be a problem. Um, yeah. What do I normally say? Oh, yeah. Give us a five star review if you listen uh, on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts. You're like, yeah, it's kind of fire. Jennifer's dropping gems. And you're like, you know, we hit that five star. Hit it for Jen. Hit it for Jen. Don't do it for me or Nate. Hit it for Jen. And it helps. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode, Joe.
Peace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thumbnail, oh. thumbnail. Oh, fuck. See, this is why, honestly, this is why I can't do this job by myself. Uh, oh, oh, I'm going to hit these. Yes. I'm going to hit the flagships. Nate's got all of them. Jen's got the other two. Oh, gosh. Take your time, Jen. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, you ready? Oh, show your face. Yeah, unless you don't want to. Oh, I got to show my face. Yeah. I don't know how this works. So put your face to the side and hold the cans up. There you go. It's difficult. Trust me. Every single time we're all struggling. Ready? You good? Yeah. We got it. Boom. Great. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Uh, let me get Cheers. out of the way. Peace, y'all. Peace, 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 peace.